Hey everybody, welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, well, I mean, I don't necessarily need to do that because it's, it's not a, a decom. It's not a decom. It's a bonus. It's a it's a special a quarantine bonus episode. Some would call us just lovers of film, lovers of art, <laughs> lovers of high Homo co- sapiens out here searching for a human experience. High cinema. High cinema. Uh, I, of course, am Lucas, and this is... Emma. And we have a very special guest with us. Yes, Lucas, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is Dylan. I assume my fans kind of know who I am, though, by now. <laughs> yeah, you should know him by voice yeah, now, I'm guys. sure Dylan's cult following of fans are very... Are <laughs> He's ready. a recurring guest, and we would only have someone we trust on this episode, let's That's be honest. Exactly. Because yeah. when, you're planning, when you're planning the heist of the century... You need people you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it is a high film, Luke. We have three Oscar winners in this movie. So And I also like, guys, I think you need to have the right chemistry of the treasure hunting team, which is two men and a woman. <laughs> and I also can do the rest of this in a weird German accent that I'm trying to stifle but not doing well at it. <laughs> to if the point they have to, to write that into the movie. To the point they have to write it into the movie. And if we want me to do that, I can, mm-hmm. but it also might be an unpleasant listening experience. I think that makes me Riley Poole in that situation. Yeah, really, you're definitely I'm Riley. Yeah. Oh, you're I'm, Riley. I'm happy with that. I can live with that because Riley's amazing. Anyway, um, in case. Also, I think me and Dylan are not to, not that you're not, <laughs> but I think that Dylan probably know. I, am I making this up that you know a lot about American history? I know a pretty good amount about American yeah. history. I think I know more than you do. You think you know more than me <laughs> about American history? Yes. Well, I think we're all APUS connoisseurs, but I feel like we're probably about even. Dylan probably is above both of us. I think he's probably above both of us. That's why he's yeah. Nick Cage. That's why he's, That's Nick, why Cage. he's, yeah. he's Nick Cage. Of course, yeah. Anyway, hey, we're, we're watching National Treasure today. I mean, we watch National Treasure. You didn't fucking we're, know that by the conversation we just had. Maybe log off. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about National Treasure. I said we have already watched National Treasure. We're not going to take a break and then watch the film um which is kind of a weird pull for a bonus episode but just we felt like doing we've been stuck at home lately and we wanted also people requested it so people, people, people it? tweeted it at me oh okay and i said hell yeah we're also doing it a little bit for ourselves though right like oh especially yeah tough time we're having like i needed this and i oh, did same. This, yeah so. and, I, and it, was, it was so beautiful because we we're like maybe we should do this and then what shows up on disney plus in may national treasure one and national treasure two book of secrets guys this is also a psa they are not paying us again their mistake but <laughs> disney plus Plus, now you can watch National Treasure 2. Um, yeah, and 1. Well, 2, meaning with us. But you could watch 1 and 2. And God, if I'm not saying I didn't wasn't tempted to let this roll right on into Book of Secrets. Oh, when it man. suggested to play after, I was this close. Uh, yep, same. I, I have a job. Yeah. I had things to do. But going off of what Dylan was saying, I do think there's something about this quarantine. I want to touch down with things I love. I'm not trying to explore new arenas. I need to feel comforted, and I need to feel safe. You want something uncomfortable. And I want something that I know is going to fill that hole in me. You know what always fills that hole in me? Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Emma, I, well, I guess we'll see how the, the episode goes. I was going to say, I feel I would feel safe in Riley Poole's arms a- any oh, day. Oh, same. Oh, so same. I, if, if, there was only, if I had to choose one person to talk me to sleep as I died... And my Riley Poole was on that list. He would be right up on my bedside. You mean not John Voight as a character I don't even know the name of? This is Ben Nick Cage's father. <laughs> uh, what uh, is it? Thomas Gates? I want to say they all have insane names. It's all, well, one yeah. is like Chris Columbus Gates. No. One is like Benjamin Henry. Well, no, like, no, but Nicholas Cage's name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Yeah, and then I think his dad is Thomas Gates. It's Patrick it's like, Gates. And the grandpa, they say his name, and it's like John Adams. It's John. Yeah, it's, 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 le- it's legitimately John Adams. Case. <laughs> Swear to fucking God. It's amazing. Um, but I think National Treasure is a good uh, movie to cover on this show because it's just it's just silly enough, but also amazing enough. And it's just like, it's just something we really love and have a lot of nostalgia for. 
I yep. think this is a perfect example. And sorry, I am going to talk about this. Like, this is straight up, like, The Birds by Avatar. Like, I'm going to talk about, like, this is groundbreaking cinema. Because for me in my youth, it was. This is, like, a perfect example. When you take a lot of silly shit and throw it in a blender with some actual really good script writing. Mm-hmm. And it comes out a fucking phenomenal movie. Like, it is good. But I would also say you're forgetting the most important thing, and we've already touched on it before, is that the cast of this film is just knocked it out of the park 100%. And also taking it incredibly seriously. Oh, yes. Nick Nick Cage is it's like he's performing goddamn Shakespeare. I was going to say, what, yeah, but what does, um, I mean, we're talking about a serious method actor. I mean, he is a Coppola, um, like, he, uh, he's an incredible <laughs> thespian. Let, let's, let, let's not, you know, even question that. Let's jump into it, though. Yeah. Like, I want to talk about about amazing actors. Um, my first note was that I forgot the entire first scene of this movie. I remember it in which, starting. In which, for some reason, it, Christopher Plummer shows up. It's literally my my first note was that the film starts with Christopher Plummer literally playing any other role Christopher Plummer has ever played. Like in, I'm gonna in reveal his like something. latter half of his career, he's always like an older, wiser, like typically like wealthy individual, like. And in a lot of addicts, to be honest. He's always in an addict. A little he bit might of an addict. Nice right right yes. If you have an addict, go check it. Christopher Plummer's probably in there. Yeah. Don't try to remove him yourself. Call your local pest control. Here's the thing, guys, like, and I know this is a problem, and I should see a therapist about it, but like as a girl who grew up on Sound of Music, Christopher Plummer is my number one celebrity crush. And I'm looking at him in this movie telling that story, and I was like, I still would. <laughs> and ladies, if you wouldn't, you're a liar. You're a fucking liar. Picture him blowing that whistle. Julie Andrews and you're gonna go right back there. <laughs> I don't like the phrase blowing that whistle. <laughs> I don't it sounds like, like it either, a euphemism for but something. That's something in my brain. Great. So this film opens up um, with a young child in an attic and he does this thing. It's a cute I, kid. I don't know who sure. that actor is. He does this cool thing that I always thought like was a dope thing to have in a house is a child that I'd never seen, which is there's a chair and then you flip it upward and there's stairs on the back of it. And that's how you get up to the top shelf. And I was you like- You always thought about that? Genuinely, yes. As a child watching this movie, I was like, oh, there's a chair that's stairs. And it's like a thematic thing that like, oh, you know what? Everything is not what it seems in, in uh, this this world of national treasures. So he's like tr- finding this book up in this attic and then Christopher Plummer walks in and he's like, oh, what are you doing up here, Ben? And also- No, he's no, doing Luke, it. he- <laughs> He doesn't just he doesn't just walk in. He's a straight up ninja. He is he's, silent. He's there in his face. He's literally just there when when young Benjamin Franklin Gates turns around. He, he's there. Like you would have thought this old man would, would have made a noise or anything. Not at all. Silent. Well, then he's a Templar, Dylan. He's a yeah, excel at secrecy. Let us remember he escaped the Nazis in Sound of Music. He <laughs> knows how to be light on his feet. Are you proposing that they're the same character, Emma? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could. <laughs> I could get behind a similar universe. <laughs> also, Dylan. Before I thought you were humoring my dumbass. His I just looked at IMDb. The character's name is John Adams Gates. That is yeah, the name of the name. I said that. Yeah, no. And I, was, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the dad's name is actually Thomas Jefferson Gates. It's, no, it's, it's Patrick. Patrick. Do oh, I have to Thomas- fucking say this one more time? <laughs> <laughs> His god damn name is Patrick. You get it right. But isn't it probably like Patrick? Who's the guy? Is Thomas Patrick a revolutionary figure? Not Thomas Patrick. Just Patrick. Patrick Gates. Oh. Who's the guy that's first name is Patrick? This is going to really fucking blow me. Dylan? Nicholas Cage? Patrick American Revolution? Patrick Henry, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Christopher Plummer ninjas into the room and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, Grandpa, I wanted to know. 
And he's like, all right, well, I'll get you old enough. And my first question is, what accent is Christopher Plummy, Plummer doing in this Such scene? a great question. Because he's, it's like, it's not quite British. It's not quite American. It's a little Plummer German. Christopher Plummer does that in every movie. As Dylan's saying, it's the same character. It's the same accent. It's some sort of inflection that he's from a time that we've never known. Yeah. They, they could have taken stock footage of Christopher Plummer and like in a lot of different roles and pieced it together for this opening scene. Probably without oh, yeah. even hiring him. And, and it would have made sense. He does the same shit. <laughs> he would have just gotten a check in the mail. <laughs> he does the same shit in Knives Out. Just him in an attic telling a long yeah. story that's cutting to different flashbacks. Well, he's um he's actually Canadian. He's born yeah, in, he's Canadian. He's, he's not born in British, Toronto. Right? Yeah, that's why so. I'm saying it's so confusing what accent he's doing. It's not French. He's like a Shakespearean actor. Oh like, yeah, he's an incredibly respectable actor. But so he's like, okay, you're old enough for me to tell you the secret of the the treasure. And so we, we do this flashback. There's a guy dying. I really do sound like Riley covering this history because I'm not, I don't remember the names. One of the, the last living guy who signed the Declaration of Independence Yeah. Um, needs to speak to President Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson's not there, so he shares the secret with the, his stable boy. Oh, Charles who, Carroll was the... Yes, Charles yeah. Carroll. Yeah. Who shares a secret with the guy who had carried him in the carriage? Whatever, it's carriage boy term. I don't know. Carriage, whatever. Fucking driver, Uber driver. In this, <laughs> in this, if we're getting modern with it, it was basically his fucking Uber driver. He goes to Andrew Jackson's White House. Yes, basically. and he's not there. And he's not there. And so he's like, "I'm gonna have to share the secret with you because it dies with me." And so there's this treasure. I also right? love Thomas Carroll's wherewithal. I've got five minutes left. Time to get me the fuck. Who the fuck knows when they're dying like that? Oh, he's like, he's like blood coughing into a handkerchief mm-hmm. and everything. And he's like, gotta let the secret out. And so basically there's this treasure that like dates back to like ancient human history that has just been like stolen and is growing and like every culture has added Here's something thing, to it. Y'all. This is the problem with this movie, and I have no problems with this movie, but, like, this is a dangerous movie to show to children because I watch this in, like, my formative years. So, like, now when I'm watching it as an adult, I'm like, how much of this is real? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, was there a treasure? Like, maybe. No, but they like, do, <laughs> what they do is they do, like, that thing fantasy likes to do, which is they connect, like, every secret cool thing mm-hmm. that's in history. Like, it's like, first it was found by the knights on the Crusades, and they became the Templar Order. Knights Templar. Yeah, then that was the Templar Order, but then they became the Freemasons. Is that real, though? Did Templar become Freemason? No, I don't. Th- I don't think they made that connection. But the temp- they're, they're, those are separate secret orders. No, I they believe. said they became the Freemasons. Wait, I mean, it's a movie. <laughs> Lucas, I felt like I was watching every single playthrough of every Assassin's Creed. While yeah, going they just try and tie a bunch of stuff together, like Assassin's Creed does. But basically, it also made perfect sense as a child. Now, when I rewatch it as an adult, and they're like, and then they the treasure made its way to America. I'm like, why would it? Come oh yeah, to that America? was the best part too. They were like, they smuggled it to Europe, and then he's like, then they smuggled it out of Europe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, they, and they grew, explain that like, in tenfold. no way. And They're then like, it's like, who were you smuggling it away from? Like, <laughs> like the I guess someone in the Tempest Templars off, and they were going after the treasure. And then so then it's like stated that all the founding fathers were Freemasons, which is not ba- all of them, like Some a lot of them. most of them, which is historically accurate. That's right. Yeah. Yes, a lot I of them. I think later Freemasons. in the film they or, okay they said how many signed the declaration that were Freemasons. There's at like least six, nine they knew of. Yeah, there's like nine people that signed, maybe more. And so they hid it 
in order to keep it from the British during the Revolutionary War. And instead of just like digging a hole somewhere and throwing it in there, they created an elaborate set of clues in order to help you find it. And it's like become this whole thing. And Thomas oh, Carroll. Elaborate, elaborate's an understatement. That's a yes. massive understatement. I don't like it. Guys, I'm also like looking at the Wikipedia summary trying to like trace this. And like I literally just read the words The Secret Lies with Charlotte. Yeah. And like I had yes. to cross my legs. I was horny thinking about it. Like <laughs> oh, this, like whoever yeah. wrote this is so like, okay, I did look at who wrote this. It's like a husband and wife um, screenwriting team and they like brought another guy on I think to like help them iron it out. But like, god damn it is good. But while we're giving accolades to the crew, can we give the number one person I think oh, the movie owes so much of a success to, which is the guy who did the score. The score of this movie is pitch perfect. It's like, it's like strikes that perfect chord of being exciting and adventurous, but also working over like serious and action scenes. It's so dynamic and it just fits it Perfectly, and I think this is where we first get the taste of it when we're going over all this history. And you know what like I've always gold wanted? Gold spilled out yes, and everything. Yes. So the score is amazing, and it always makes me think of like my na- my dream, which is to have like a national treasure ride. Don't <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Doesn't it almost sound like Disney ride score? Like that's how good it is. Like I want to be on a Indiana Jones yeah, but style. What, ride. But what could they? Make, yeah, what would they make it out of? Like I'm trying to think of like action scenes from either movie. Like, that they, not. It says we're living in the world of fantasy. That like, they're not going to make a national treasure ride. Nick Cage's head is going to come rolling at us like a massive. <laughs> I'm just saying it'll be fun. Yeah, well, I was just saying that that's a good point. I was wondering if there was anything like in the movies that you could make a ride out of. The only thing that comes to mind is in the sequel with that seesaw thing that they need to balance on in order to get into the city of gold. You could do something with that, I feel like. Yeah, but they could just, Luke, so many rides, like the um, like the castle ride, like at Hogwarts, or like a lot of the rides at Universal are like the new model of, um, you know, like a ride kind of goes like goes along but it's like super interactive and like also virtual at the same time like you could literally we could literally just follow along with Nick Cage, like, on a ride as he, like... Stealing the fucking declaration of independence. Yeah, like... I, I would say... Yeah, or would, maybe he's, like, taking it, and then you have to, like, like escape or something. Anything involving this film and Nicolas Cage, I'm all in on. What they should do is... They it. should do it. Uh, they should make it a roller coaster, and the lift hill is all Nicolas Cage explaining stuff. He's like, we need to find the Declaration of Independence because there's a treasure map on the back that was hidden by it in the tomb of Abraham Lincoln's dog. I think that's and, like, why I want to ride because I want Nick Cage to have to record yeah, a drunken, coked-out yeah. voiceovers for, like, Disney. I totally agree. Although, as long as that doesn't cause complications for National Treasure 3, which they also announced they're working on... that That's a that's a sore subject for me, Lucas, as you know. Yeah. Well, well, they said they're working on it, Dylan. We've talked about that before. Yeah, you know... They, 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 there's a script. Like, no way, there's but... a script. No, it's in production. We have it. Yeah, but Emma, what if because of the pandemic it gets postponed and then never gets made? Lucas, god damn it. <laughs> Why would you fucking say that? Why would you <laughs> fucking say to be that? fucking happy time. Come on. Okay, let's We're get back. We're trying to provide Jesus. joy. Why the fuck would so you say that? So the secret lies with Charlotte. Thomas Carroll tells the young uh, carriage boy who is, of course, their great-great-grandfather or whatever. His grandfather's grandfather. His grandfather's grandfather. Exactly grandfather. I don't know how says. far back we're going. And he's like, that's the only clue I have is that the secret lies with Charlotte, but the treasure is definitely real. And the kid's like, oh, really? It's really? It's like, oh, yeah, you can tell because they left us clues. And he pulls out a dollar bill and he's like, there's the unfinished pyramid and the all-seeing eye, Freemason Our symbols. money is crazy. Why it's does it so have that weird. fucking pyramid on it? Because they wanted to leave clues to find the treasure, Emma, obviously. obviously. Then John Voigt shows up just in like a flash of thunder. And he goes, this is a great line that I absolutely love that I, as an adult, want to dig into is as real as the Gates family fortune or like that whole dollar, or it's something about the dollar. Like that dollar is like the entire Gates family yeah, fortune. Yeah, yeah. Saying like, 
that because they've been searching for this treasure for like generations, they're poor as fuck. The dad lives in a mansion in seemingly Arlington, Virginia, which is one of the most expensive area codes in the country. Nicholas Cage is in a massively beautiful apartment. They in no way seem to be hard put for money at all. The apartment is crazy, but, yeah. they, but they do, the dad explains that he basically gave up on the treasure and like lived a normal non-treasure exploring life. Yeah, he's the kook of the family, health yeah. insurance. But the same thing with Nick Cage, when they're going through his like accolades, they're like, oh, Georgetown, diver. Yeah, Georgetown, He's a $2,000 diving watch. I'm like, so you guys are doing just fine. Yeah. Like that's in the escape of things. But what's dropped here is that, yeah, the Gates family name has been tarnished because they were, they're seen as crackpots for believing that this treasure is real. But but John Voight like doesn't believe in it. It says like, don't listen to your grandfather or whatever. He also looks, seems to ostensibly hate his own father, which I don't know why he feels the need to bring uh, Nicholas Cage's, young Nicholas Cage around. National Treasure 3, let's bring Chris Plummer back. Oh, Let's get fuck him yeah. in there. He has to be Put dead. He was just in night. Are you fucking kidding no, me? No, his character, not the actor. <laughs> if Chris Plummer is out here fucking thriving, so is... Yeah, this guy's a... He's a Templar. He doesn't... He doesn't die. Yeah, but I feel like... We, well, they, he would have come out of the woodwork when they found the treasure. He would have gotten a mention if he was alive. No. He's been hiding. He's on a different treasure. He, I was just about yes. to say that. Me and Dylan are firing on the same level. So Luke. you're proposing that he disappeared because he was looking for another treasure and then the dangerous people caught up and he had to fake his own death to get away, but he's been searching for this treasure all this time and finally he needs to get in contact with Nicolas Cage in order to shore it all up. What I'm proposing is when he told young Ben Gates this treasure, he knew like Ben Gates would be like all in on it and basically devote his entire life to this. He already knew of another treasure greater treasure in his mind. And the only person that would actually be able to find that one would be Ben Gates. So he sent him on this real fool's errand for the original treasure while he himself was looking for the actual one. Yes. I I think that'd be (laughs) National Treasure 4, though. Yeah, I think we're going to eventually... Because 3 is going to be page 47. That's true. I don't think think Christopher Plummer's on page 47. I I just don't, unfortunately. No, yeah. I just want these movies, and like, this is not like, I'm not jumping ahead, but I do just wish in my whole heart, and I think part of the problem is that like, do you think they're hard to write? Because they they do have to like kind of make sense historically. Do a lot of research. Do a lot of research. Yeah, and it actually requires research. Yeah, you have to shoot it in Washington D.C. And I think Nick Cage is an absolute monster to wrangle into doing a film. <laughs> I think he's like an insane person, and I get that. I think it's hard to work with, and I think Diane, like everyone, has become very successful in their own right, except for Riley. He did The Hangover and was yeah. listen to yourself. Them. Listen to yourself. And, uh, but it's like. They are all, but I just wish, because, like, the second one kind of had a hint of this with, like, Helen Mirren. Like, I want this to become, like, a Fast and the Furious-esque franchise where you, like, you're just signing on for one movie to come swing your Oscar around, and you're going to be the villain in that movie, then by the next movie, you're going to join the crew, and we're going to hunt for a new treasure on a new nation. That's what I'm looking for. That's why the third one should resolve page 47 and be fine, and the fourth one should be international treasure. treasure, yes, always. Why we That would be great. Dude, I want them to go all out on the third. I want, I kind of want Scorsese directing it. Like, I want about 20 Oscar winners in, in, in that In my film. opinion, how do you turn down being in a National Treasure movie? Hey, do you want to go hang out with freaking Nick Cage as he gallivants <laughs> across the Guys, globe? Yes, I have obviously. nothing more than to be in these movies. They are amazing, and I want to be in them. And there should be seven by there now. There should be so many more. Anyway, we're yeah. getting off topic. So he he tells the kid about the treasure. John Voight says it's all fake. Don't listen to him. And then, but Nick, young Nick Cage is still like, that's sounds dope can i be a templar and he's like yeah sure and he does a fake knighting ceremony and he's like great cool and then we flash forward now they're driving through the tundra now they're driving through the tundra on these big snow m- machine type I things i always forgot how chummy nick cage and ian are they're like yeah. best buds in this oh, scene yeah. they are bfs this, this movie goes from zero to 100 on its villain like 
Immediately. Oh, and by that I mean oh, Sean immediately. Yes. Like, all of a sudden, yeah, he and Ned Stark are all chill, and then about five minutes later, the exact opposite of that. But, like, I think I remembered it being, like, they're, like, begrudging co-workers, but, like, they're no. not. He's like, they're talking about friends. Like, oh, you know I can't bluff, baby. Like, it's like, what? How close are you guys? Yeah, they're, like, best of friends, and, like, this is, and this is what I'm saying, like, this is just good freaking storytelling because you get like the backstory on all of these characters in this just last in con- two sentences, in, in two sentences like oh you can't, if you hadn't showed up and believed the treasure was real we couldn't have funded all this oh Riley we dug him out of some cubicle yeah windowless cubicle we found you in and my note was at that moment I need to hear Riley Poole's origin story where is the I, Riley Pool prequel and I also, that's what we need my note at that point was well god why didn't Riley win an Oscar because here like, yeah, and that's the other thing in terms of like perfect storytelling Riley Poole is the perfect comic relief character. You're writing a movie and you need a comic relief character, base him on Riley Poole. Every line he delivers is, is flawless. It's plus. Flawless. He never overstays his welcome. His jokes all land. He still feels like enough of a character in his own right. Like he's not just there to tell jokes. He's just pitch well, perfect. Well, it's also different. Okay, two things I'm going to say about Riley. Number one is that like in a movie like this where you're going to go hard down onto American history, which like the GP is going to be like, yikes, no one cares. Like you're going to need that audience stand in for like watching Ben Gates and Diane Kruger, you know, do the Ben Franklin blah, 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 nonsense. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need that audience stand in to be like, wait, what? So therefore he is your conduit for getting information that you need. Right, but he doesn't feel dumb. at the same dumb. time, he doesn't feel dumb because he's smart in his own right and he offers his own smartness via tech that the other people don't have. True. So that's why he's great. He's great. So, yeah, they're riding in these big land snow machine things and uh, they're like using Riley's tech. We, we really did a bad job of setting up the scene. Nicholas Cage and Sean Bean. Sean Bean plays the character of Ian. If our, you don't know this Fuck off and stop listening. Like, we don't have to do this for this movie. Shut up. I know, but, like, just to paint a word picture for the people listening. Sean Bean's hair is flowing and blonde. Oh, God, down it's to beautiful. His goddamn shoulder. But so they're using Riley's tech. Riley's the tech guy. And, like, uh, to track uh, drift patterns of the ice or something. Yeah, there's a lot of tech in this film that we're just going to, like, accept blindly. Oh, 100%. We'll get into that when we get into the declaration stealing later. And so he, they find this old ship called the Charlotte and, you know, the secret lives of Charlotte. Nicolas Cage is like, yes, obviously 100% amazing. And they dig up the ship and and, uh, Nick Cage and Ian are just like, oh man, can't believe we actually did it. We found the Charlotte. Amazing. Wonderful. And then they all go down below and it turns, this is like. No, wait, there's an amazing point. The thing is that you aren't calling out are things that I'm noticing on this watch. Yeah, I agree. I had a few notes in here too, Lucas. The fucking like the fucking accented henchmen where like yeah. they get out of the vehicle and he goes oh damn say it ain't cheap <laughs> <laughs> and this deep one is Irish, I think, and I think one is Scottish. No, there's a Russian one. It's like, oh, I'm saying it's sheep. All of and the- I think it almost sounds like sheep, but it's ship. Yeah, no, and they're it, like, yeah, no mix- shit. It's under, it's under the fucking ice. There's a mixture of like Northern Ireland and Eastern European henchmen that follow Ian around. Which I think but- was there some kind of low subtlety that like the he- evil henchmen are all accented from different nations because they don't deserve the national treasure of our founding fathers our constitution so yeah they go into the ship and it turns into like kind of a horror movie for a second where guys this is a PG rated yeah, movie. They just there's find, frozen corpses. Mm-hmm, they just find frozen corpses in hammocks and there's gunpowder strewn everywhere. Like these people obviously had horrible, bloody, freezing cold deaths. And of course, Riley is scared and ha 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 ha. They're investigating and they're like, 
Where's the treasure? And Nicolas Cage finds a barrel that the captain was protecting. He's like, why would the captain be protecting this barrel specifically? Because all the barrels are full of gunpowder. Yes. So there's a whole there's a whole reel where it's like, ooh, the cargo hold. Eee, cargo, treasure. And they open the door and it's like, no, you stupid fucks. Like, obviously there's more clues. Like the cargo, treasure's in the cargo hold. All the barrels have gunpowder. One frozen corpse has a little captain's hat on. And Nick Cage is like... Why would the captain be guarding this barrel specifically? Hits it open. Psh, gun Porter pours out. There's a little package. He unwraps it. It's a very special pipe. What? Yeah. What is the word for the pipe they use? It's a bit. Is it a billion dollar pipe? <laughs> and then Miley's <laughs> like, is it a million dollar million pipe? dollar pipe? <laughs> do you remember the term? No. Dylan, do you remember the term? What? Uh... No. Neither do I. Um, Why the fuck would you do that, man? Because I wanted to see if either of you knew it, because I don't remember. It's a Michelin, wait, a a Michelin pipe or something? Yeah, I think that's right. It's something about the carving, because it's like the stem is carved. I thought thought there was some joke in there that you were referencing that I missed, Luke. Yeah, Michelin, something like that. Some weird. Michelin pipe. I don't know enough about pipes. Meerschaum. Meerschaum. Meerschaum? Sure. Okay. It's a ornate pipe of like a ship and people on it or whatever, and... uh, there's a, and like the stem that has like a circular thing that Nick just like pops off and Riley's like, don't break it. Nicholas Cage just pulls out a big old knife and just stabs, stabs himself him, like, in the hand. In, no, in the, the meat part of the thumb. Like not and just, we see all of this in tight shots. And it's not just like a quick little like slice. He like jams it in there. And then he like rubs the blood all over the cylinder thing. It's a lot of blood. It's There's a lot so of blood. Much blood. And then rolls it out into the paper. And then what does he do next? He puts his glove back on. I'm like, my dude, that glove is now filling with blood. Yeah. What are you doing? And so, yeah, he rolls it out and he finds another clue because it's like a poem where it's like, um, I, I don't, I'm not, I didn't write down all of the clues, but it's, you know. Um, this poem is fucking great. I don't have it written down, but it is yeah. like, this. it's the it's the poem they repeat a bunch where it's like the key in silence under detected 55 and iron pen mr and iron pen can of fan can of fan we figured it out and guys what and of course we know what iron none pen of this is written this well, like none of this wrote this down but it's the key of silence undetected signed an iron pen mr matt well, can of fan and the this is where I think Nick Cage used to have it on his Oscar reel. When he does the yes. so unwinding this is, of this poem. This is when Nick Cage is at his best. I think he falters a little bit after this when he has to like talk to people, Other and, be people. A, and be a person. But just <laughs> when, when he has he, to be romantic with Diane When Kruger, he needs to be almost psychotically obsessed with American history and clues. And he's just walking past and forth like, Mr. Matlack can't offend. I, the main writing to, uh, to at the time was Iron Ball Inc. Yes. And like, <laughs> it's just like, it's beautiful and I will eat it. Like I said, I love watching him figure shit out like the poem like I am rock hard and he's like iron pen iron firm it was resolute it could not be changed it was a, a resolution <laughs> that 55 men signed the declaration of independence and Riley's just like ah shit and he's like mad he doesn't he doesn't swear it's a PG film and so Ian is like are you serious he's like yeah there's definitely a treasure map on the back of the declaration of independence like a hundred percent and he's like Okay, and he's like, "What do what do we do?" And he's like, "Well, we'll have to try and ask people permission to examine it." And they're and like, he's like, "But they're not going to give it to us." And so this is what we were talking about, going from zero to a hundred. Five minutes ago, like we were talking about, um, yeah, like Ben and Ian are like wicked close, and like clearly have known each other for a while. It seems like, but now Ian's kind of revealing to Ben that he basically was like a criminal, a master thief criminal, for mastermind master of like criminal. many projects, and like I don't know how these two met. Or like Ben didn't know like Ian's set of like his skill he asked set. No questions apparently. I think he just like didn't ask where the money was coming from to fund all the expedition stuff because that's what Ian is. Therefore, he's the money well, guy. It was KGB for sure. 
Uh, oh, you for see sure. It's all Eastern European. It's it all was Eastern Russian European. mob 100% is where they were funding all, all of this research. Yeah, because he's basically like, we could just take it. And Nicolas Cage is like, what? And he's like, in the past I have organized. Guys, the National Treasure Wiki is wild. I was doing it to get the little <laughs> poem. And it's the legend writ, the stain affected, the key in silence undetected. 55, an iron pen, Mr. Matlock can affect. Yeah. They break down every single part of that. Like, they don't even break down in the movie. Some, some which re- is true American hero. The legend writ refers to the Ottendorf cipher mm-hmm. needed to locate Benjamin's ocular device. Yes. To, you know, read it. The stain affected. The map is invisible to the naked eye. The key in silence undetected. The key to the cipher is the silence of good letters. 55, an iron pen. It's the Declaration of Independence. But I didn't know the first two. That the, those, Thank the you for the update, Emma. And so he's like, Ian's like, so we just steal it. And he's like, no, you can't. And he's like, well, I've organized many <laughs> operations in the past of varying legality. Yeah. And then Shaw, and then Shaw, his like main man, pulls out a gun and it, yeah, it escalates quickly. It, he gives, he gives Nick Cage a chance though. He's like, listen, you can just hop on this train with me, man. We're friends. And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you steal the Declaration of Independence. He's like, all right, I'm going to kill you in this boat and like leave your body under the ice. And I was like, yo, dog, this is like your friend. Like you couldn't even be like, this all right. This is a PG movie. Like also. at least like f- say like, yeah, we'll figure something out later and then just ditch him and go steal the Declaration. Like why is your first movie like, oh, you disagree with me? Well, I'm going to have Shaw shoot you and you're going to die down here. And this this is an amazing scene too, where Nick Cage just like constantly tries to turn the table on him. And then- Or does he try to change the status quo? Extend change the status quo. And Sean Bean just constantly turns it back on him where he's like, you can't kill me. You need my help to decode the clues, whatever you find. He's like, good point. So we're going to shoot Riley, your comedic sidekick. And he's like, oh no, don't do that. And he strikes up a flare and he's like, the ground's covered in gunpowder. You you shoot me, I drop this. uh, Everything goes up, we all die. And he's like, okay. Maybe that's when he says you're going to shoot Riley. But then like, he just, Nick Cage just throws the flare and Ian, graceful, graceful Sean Bean just swipes it from the floor and he's like, you can't top me. I'm the best. You can't get one up on me. And then it lights his freaking hand on fire and the idiot drops the flare and the gunpowder starts going off they're all running out nick cage pulls riley into a smuggler's hatch there's also like a shot of which is so stupid of the the lighted gunpowder traveling up to the barrel, which makes no sense because there's gunpowder literally all over the floor. Oh, Everything yeah. should be it, lit up right yeah. now. I, I think They'd it would be dead within like, two they seconds. They should all be dead. Pretty they should have Im- all yeah, been literally dead. immediately. But uh, Sean Bean and his henchmen run out and get back to the snow things, and uh, we see the ship explode. Nicholas Cage and uh, Riley come out of the. I'll, I like how we're calling Nicholas Cage his real his real name, but then Riley is always Riley. They come out of the debris, and they're just like, "Well, we lived." And then he's like, "What do they call it? It's like a smuggler's hole or something?" Smuggler's Smuggler's hat. And he's like, we got to go to the nearby Alaskan village. It's populated with bush pilots. Why Nicholas Cage knows that, I have no idea. And so they, we do a hard cut to Washington, D.C. because... They are now tr- need to warn someone that Ian is going to steal the Declaration of Independence. But of course, oh, no one I is going to believe oh, that. I, I, Luke, I thought you were going somewhere else because my note was like, I thought you were going to say they need to warn everyone when they enter a new government building or a new city. They they always put the description of it on the bottom of the oh, screen. Oh, yeah. They, this movie yes. loves a Chiron. Like literally DC and then in all the different buildings, libraries they go to, they do it. Then they do it in Philly and even New York. It's like, Dylan, uh, didn't you notice that they won? Okay. Okay, so they do the Chiron. It's like DC, FBI. You can see the FBI yeah, sign. We can, we can There's a large yeah. sign outside the building that says yeah. FBI. I'm like, about, you didn't about, need that Chiron. How about New York? After when like uh, he's supposed to meet Ian on the USS Intrepid later, and he goes, you know, that is New York. And 
And then they cut to New York and it even says... New York! Panoramic shot of New York City. You're, yeah. If you don't know that's New York, get the fuck out of here. And two, then they decided to say it again. I'm so like, say it guys, one more time. I know this is like PG and kind of like for kids, kind of, but like... Is it for kids? Like it's this a, No, I, I, I agree. With, I don't think it's for kids. I think... I think this is a movie for everybody. I think this is yeah. for every man, woman, and child on the planet in America. Okay. I think it's like, I think it's one of those movies like Back to the Future. Anyone can watch this movie and have a fun time. Also, when we get touched down with Nick Cage, just to get some eyeballs on him, not in, you know, snow gear, we're not in a hat anymore. Does this man have hair plugs? Because the hair on top of his head looks wildly fake. And I'm not even just talking about it doesn't look like it should be there. Like, it's not even moving with the wind. Like, that shit looks like a Brillo <laughs> pad that they duct taped the top of his head to give him a little bit of a peek and then also the way he is dressed in this film it makes a little bit more sense remembering that it's 04 but he's in like these wide like almost 70s white collar buttons wide whatever and I was tucked into jeans belted and then like maybe a blazer or a jacket over them but the collars are like fuck. I think this was a character choice because Ben Gates it would not be a man who knows how to dress himself Riley on the other hand looking <laughs> fly and stylish at all times but Ben Gates has no idea what he's doing. No, Ben is for sure, like, the dude in Skechers and Riley's in, like, Common Projects. <laughs> but, like, also the fact that, like, the scene later I didn't realize is, like, an adult, like, that Abigail chases him a changing scene takes place in an Urban Outfitters. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll get there. That, okay, we, we'll get to that scene later. Yeah, but speaking but. of Abigail Chase, they walk out of the FBI, and they're like, obviously they laughed us away because we have no evidence that the Declaration of Independence is going to be stolen, and we just sound like crazy people. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, it's the FBI. They get, like, a million tips a day. We got to go somewhere more specific. So they go to the U.S. National Archives, which for some reason is an office people can just walk in. Yep, anytime. And is like... Make an appointment. Make an appointment as... As a fake name. Literally a government, like, a pretty serious thing. <laughs> Literally just false identities. Yeah, there's... They I will not fact check that. Isn't it just isn't it just Dr. Brown is what he just tells him he's Paul Brown. It's like Dan Brown. It's like the author of fucking Da Vinci it's, Code it's, or something. It's it's, it's, Paul, it's Brown. Paul Brown and Paul. then Riley is Bill. No last yeah. name. Well, that's because he didn't realize. This is actually another great joke to the why Riley works so great. Is so they're sitting in the uh, waiting room of the National Archives room. Nick Cage grabs a pamphlet about a gala that's going on. That'll become important later. But uh, the assistant's like, oh, uh, Director Chase can see you now, Dr. Brown. And he goes. Dr. Brown, and he's like, yeah, the, the the Cage name doesn't get, the Cage, God, the Gates <laughs> name doesn't get a lot of um, respect the around. Yeah, yeah, respect Cage, the, the Gates name doesn't get a lot of respect around DC because everyone thinks we're crackpots because of the treasure. And so then Riley, you can see on his face. Even though we're the, all pretty damn successful. So yeah. they fuck off. And also seem to have a lot of money and went to Georgetown and MIT. True. And you can see on Riley's face, he's just like excited. He's just like, oh, that, that's cool. And they go in and, uh, Abigail Chase, played by, what's the, what's her name, Mama? Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger. Absolute um, She stands up and is like, nice to meet you, uh, Dr. Brown. And then Riley just, like, way too excited. She goes, uh, Bill. Now, like, he's just doing it for the sake of doing it. Also, and just, like, an absolute hottie. Diane <laughs> oh, Kruger is a baddie yeah. through and through. Has never not been. No, she's incredible. She played Helen in fucking Troy. She played Helen of Troy. Yeah. The face that launched a thousand ships. She's so hot that they, like, they have to make comments about it in the film just so, like, the, the viewer knows that, like, the people in the film also recognize that she's abnormally, like, insanely hot. Like, Riley a few times is like, oh, the hot hot chick because it's fucking insane that she's like a fucking weird ass what is her job director of documents or something fucking insane nobody really insane. knows she is the dumbest most 
virgin job of all I time, would, and she's a she supermodel. Also, she has the passcode to like for the declaration. Like she has she's a the very, very kingdom. Yeah, she. I, I have no idea what her job is, but she's. But she too also hot collects those campaign buttons, and it's like, girl. If you told me really? that the National Archives was a department that exists, I would absolutely one hundred percent believe you. But I do not believe they have the power that this movie presupposes they seem to have. <laughs> also, the important thing to know about Diane Kruger in this role is she is one hundred percent a German woman, and this is also one of her first big roles, FYI. So she was. This is like her. She used to be a model. She's like a German model, and then like she got the Helen of Troy thing, which like do whatever accent you fucking want in that movie. Everyone was wilding and Troy, but like she comes out of this, and she now has done like the bridge and stuff, and like a fully American accent. She didn't have it. She, she didn't, didn't have, have that American. But the, the good thing is the filmmakers recognize that because Nick Cage, your accent, are you Pennsylvania Dutch? And then she goes, No, I'm just a German person who. Why did they even say <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch? No, Saxon German. <laughs> Saxon German. Riley, I love, I love Riley. Riley goes, you're not an American. You're literally, your boss is the constitution. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? I do like what they went for there. Yes. That, like, she's not an American, but she still has passion about this country. She just is an immigrant. And like, you know. No, yeah, because she is an American. That's what she's saying is that like immigrants are Americans we too. We get the bitch. job done. <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Absolutely. Called. Yeah. Okay. Great American melting pot, bitch. So yeah, Nick Cage admires. Um, she has a display of a collection of George Washington campaign buttons, but he knows she's missing one. And she's like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever. Why are you in my office? And he's like, yes, well, someone's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. And she's like, what? And he's like, like, they try to like not directly say why at first. She's like, why would they do that? And he's like, well, there's a... Uh a cipher on the back of it and, sh- and like they think they want to steal it for that reason and then she's just like you think there's a treasure map on the back of the declaration yeah she, right? she jumps to it pretty pretty quickly oh wait within five minutes we're then she's like oh yeah I, everyone knows about treasure and then she also gives a good line which is he's like well we found it on the back of this ancient pipe or whatever she's like oh can I see the pipe and he's like we don't have it and she just goes did Bigfoot take it which is a good line and she delivers that well and he's just like okay she's not gonna believe us bye and so they get up and leave and she's just like freaking weirdo whatever i'm not gonna be a main character in this movie spoiler alert she will be and then guys it's time for the most iconic scene in film history oh yes and the most iconic line mm-hmm. of course that's what i'm saying that's where we get yeah. we get it going so they go to where the uh, the declaration of independence is put on display and nick cage just struts right up to that thing just starts staring at it and riley's like what are we gonna do ian's gonna steal the thing blah blah, blah. and like nick cage is not on my watch nick, no, nick cage is thing. just like staring and he's like reading the lines i forget exactly like what he pulls out but he's like these men knew that what they were doing was right and guys i can't even i can't do it justice i'm probably just gonna put the clip in i'm gonna steal it (laughs) what I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Point is, he's stealing this bitch. The, the director knew exactly what to do with that delivery. He zooms in close on his face, his light oh, beaming yeah. underneath from the display case, and he just storms out dramatically. Oh, but he's going to yeah. do it for good, not for and he, good. And Riley catches up with him, and he's, they're sitting Aren't on they the, the, the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah, they're on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And yeah, he's like, it's like stealing him. It's like stealing the National Monument. It can't be done. And he's like, yeah, but we need to do it because Ian's going to do it, and we're the good guys of the film. We've got to steal the Declaration of Independence. Okay, devil advocate here for one minute. What was Ian really going to do? Like, why does he have to steal the Declaration of Independence? I know he loves it. I know he loves America. The reason he's stealing it is for the fucking treasure. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking thank you. I don't buy for a goddamn second. That's what I'm I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's trying to make it all moralistic. I guess protected for Ian. Like, Ian wasn't saying he was going to set it on fire. No, he does say that. He says that at the one point he's like, Ian's going to get it and then destroy it. So, like... 
to like cover his tracks or something like that. So he, he assumes Ian's just gonna start, which I agree with you, is paper thin, is not he anything. He assumes that. But he's like, he's just like, I need to get Ian this treasure. also, for all we sh- the shit we're gonna talk about Ian, like, Ian is a criminal, but he's not necessarily a dumb criminal. No, no, You would think he would try to return it after he gets it for what he wants, because like, who else knows besides Nicolas Cage? Like, why would you light it on a fire and just get more people on your ass? And you know who does that exactly? Is Nicolas Cage. Literally. Yeah. Like, well, as Harvey Keitel said too, it's a bargaining chip. Like, I think Ian would would not destroy it. Uh, yeah, would, a, Dylan, you're right. It's a, it's a bargaining it's chip. A big, it's a big leap for Nicolas Cage yeah. to take in that time. I'm just saying, I'm on Dylan's side that it's like, it's for the treasure. Yeah, it's like 5%. Like, no, this is a piece of American history, which obviously I care more about than anything in the world, except for the treasure, which is what I care most about. True. And so this is also the point where the movie basically becomes a heist movie. We go to the Library of Congress, and Riley is like, I brought you to the Library of Congress so we could get DC to pay us to shoot here. Um, but also because I want to show you a bunch of stuff about it's like an ad for the library. It's, it's the it, biggest library. Listen, this, movie, this movie is basically an ad for Washington DC. He's like, he has all the records of all the, of the building and the security measures and why this is impossible. And it's like, there's, you know, temperature sensitive gauges in the thing. Anytime oh, yeah. one of those is triggered, it drops into a vault. And uh, when, like when it's not on display, there's like tons of guards everywhere. It can't be done. And then Nicolas Cage is like, you're almost right, except, and then he puts the pamphlet down and he's like, preservation room. Yeah. The preservation, well, he flips that. He's like, preservation room. When there's potential like situation with document, it goes there. There's much less security downstairs, and the best time to strike will be during this gala. That's the pamphlet he took from Abigail Abigail's, Cha- Abigail's office. office, and he's like, and that's also definitely when Ian's going to show up because all the security will be focused on the VIP people, and there won't be anybody looking at the preservation room. What Wait, was Ian's fucking plan? Had Riley not triggered that? That's alarm, what I was going to say. How did Ian know it was going to be in the preservation yeah, room? Thank you, thank you. That's a good point, but we'll get to that in a second. Basically, this is possibly my favorite scene in the movie because. He convinces Riley that this is possible, and you can see that turning around and again, Riley's actor doing a great job. But guys, it's time for heist prep. It is heist prep time. Maybe Emma's looking at my notes and she can see I wrote heist prep time. Also, this has also confused me since I saw this movie as a child. So Riley just like- Where the fuck is he? Riley just gets on a, in the subway. He seems to be in just a subway, subway and he just closet. just like opens a door and goes into a, like a server farm with a bunch of things. And he like freaking cuts off. You know how out. those are right off the side of the subway. Yeah, and easily accessible by anybody. He doesn't even need a key, ostensibly. He doesn't even like knife his way into that lock. No, he no. just goes in and they drills a hole in one of like the, the tubes that carries the wires and he shoves a tube with a camera up there and he like starts tapping into the video feed and makes like recordings of like the empty hallways and everything. Yeah, also given smart. this is like Washington DC, the amount of like leeway, especially that like Riley has with all this is a little bit concerning to say the least. Also, Riley, by the way, is doing 90% of the work in this heist prep. Nicholas Cage's like two jobs that he does to prep for those heists is he goes and takes a picture of a, of a not a janitor, um, a maintenance, maintenance worker's guy, badge yeah. and then goes on Photoshop and puts his face there. Great job, man. That's really a Georgetown MIT degree, Luke. Yeah, only he could do that. And then he makes some invisible ink. He makes some invisible ink and then he gets the missing um, George Washington campaign button and he soaks it in the invisible ink and he sends it to Abigail Chase and so she gets uh, invisible ink all over her okay. fingers. Riley also developed some kind of heat laser and like uses it to raise the temperature of a oh, thermometer. Oh, the green laser like thing is, is unreal. Absolutely unreal. And so like Riley goes and triggers the laser, he uses the laser to trigger the heat sensor and they bring the declaration down to the uh, preservation room and Abigail Chase has to go and like type in her password. There's also some skeevy guy she works with who like stares at her ass and stuff like that. Yeah, what was the purpose of him? <laughs> is this Stan? What was his point? 
No, Stan, I think, is her ex-boyfriend. I think they say well, that. Because, okay, because, yeah, when she's like, oh, I hope it's not from Stan. But then they show this loser, and I'm like, oh, my God, this fucking but then guy. But Stan, isn't that Stan that comes up with the gala who, like, gives her? Is no, like, that's the well, same guy that's it's the same. Ass. It's the, the same. That, lo- that yeah. has to be Stan. That's Stan, then. That's, that's what I, I think. Check the IMDb I if that guy comes Stan. up with Stan. Wait, I'm just... <laughs> Wait, I'm just scrolling through the IMDb because I'm trying to look for the Stan asshole. And now I'm like, I'm deep in the ether of like, you know, random, like uncredited. And <laughs> there was a guy. Wait, where? let me get to this. There was a guy on here that's uncredited. Tony Luke Jr. played an uncredited strip club sweeper. Where the fuck was that scene? That had to be a deleted that scene. Was, that had was to be. for adults, and then they write, lowered it to PG, and they were like, cut the strip club, Bobby. <laughs> what the what a strip club scene? Yeah. He's Damn. a strip club sweeper. I want to know what clue they found in there. Yeah, there was... <laughs> they talked to a local. Her name was Honey, and she had a few secrets about what Benji Franklin. Um, let's do the heist, and then we got to take a break. So, Riley's out in the van. He's, like, running everything. He's in contact with Nick through an earpiece. This van looks like a piece of oh, shit. Oh, the unmarked red van? Yeah, it is shady as fuck. And so, Nick goes in wearing a maintenance worker disguise. He's got, like, a jumpsuit. Uh, the, oh, the only other quick thing I was going to say is as they're doing... Like, like their own all recon and prep, they also show Ian's prep, which is just oh, him yeah. and his Eastern European cronies smoking and having a fucking armory of weapons and C4. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. How is their prep? I want to be on that team. Which I, I, which I actually do like because they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. I actually do like that because it's like the exact opposite of like, we're going in smart and we're doing all this stuff. And then Ian's just like, let's freaking just blow up the archives. They also and... end up with the exact same. Oh, yeah. Basically. No, Ian's way was actually way more. Oh, yeah. Way more direct. Yeah. I like the moral of just like cheating. <laughs> like you, if you cheat, you'll probably end up just about as close as the guy that did it by the book. But anyway, so Nick Cage comes in wearing this maintenance worker uniform, and also I find it crazy no one asks why a maintenance worker needs to come in during the middle of a gala. But okay, and he goes in the bathroom and like rips his jumpsuit off, and he's got a sleek tux going on underneath it. And he and Riley's like, "How do you look?" And he's like, "Not too bad, damn good." <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact that we have to, as an audience. And I don't, no offense to this man, but some offense to this man. And this has probably damaged a lot of women's psyches. That we have to believe in our heart of hearts that Nick Cage is in the realm of attractiveness of Diane Kruger is insane. That is an insane thing this movie is asking us. It, it's his mind, Emma. I, I think that's what they're getting for. They it, are attracted to each other's mind. It's not his plugs. They have a mind, man. It's definitely not his As, plugs. It's not his plugs. It's not his face either. <laughs> but it is definitely like them blowing on that document together when they're like, <sighs> yeah. For heat, that was sexual. I do, I, and I think that's something. Okay, not to get into National Treasure Two, Book of Secrets. I think it's stupid that when you make a whole movie and like there's two romantic leads, and then you get to the sequel and they're broken up, and then they need to get back together again. But that does basically confirm that she's only attracted to him when there's a mystery to solve, when there is a treasure that needs to be found. That is only when their love can blossom. She likes the rush. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. She's a she lives for it. So yeah, he goes and finds uh, Diane Kruger and gives her a glass of champagne. And they start talking, and they're supposed to be flirting and being attracted. And then Stan shows up. And yeah, I guess I did IMDb it as Stan. I was wrong. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. And uh, gives her another champagne, and he like takes the glass away from her, 
And then he does this weird toast about like he's like to high, this is insane. Oh, he's like, high treason. To high treason. It's incredible. Next time after quarantine, I'm at a party or something. This is exactly what I'm saying. Someone will send you home because they'll think you have a fucking coronavirus fever. <laughs> like this, is, this is the ramblings of a man with but 104. What's, what's especially crazy about it is he goes like, well, that's what we're here celebrating tonight, right? That, the these, high 50, that these 55 men were committing high treason. And then I was like, Nick, it's to celebrate the 70th anniversary <laughs> of the archives. It's not an event about the declaration. Independence. <laughs> if anything, you're being more suspicious. Oh, he basically ju- and he looked right at Abigail and was like, to, to, to men, you know, doing things that were wrong that they knew that were right. Oh, yeah, like, he's like, he's basically cocky. He's literally, her now, like, I'm going to steal the declaration. Literally looking yeah. at her going, I'm going to steal the declaration of independence. So yeah, he takes a champagne glass, he dumps it in a fountain, and then he takes it into the bathroom and uses a diaper tray. He dumps the champagne in the fountain, isn't up the whole glass. Yeah, yeah. And he, he does his weird science fiction bullcrap to the, uh, glass to get her thumbprint and to get into the elevator and then this is also intercut with more Ian stuff where they're like cutting holes just in the just they're just, just hammering floor. away they're just fucking yeah. away and th- and this movie one bad thing I would say about this movie it commits the cardinal sin that a, ton- a lot of movies also make which is that they tase a guy and then ta- the taser effectively knocks him unconscious which is not how tasers work tasers that's just, your qualm with this tasers movie. just paralyze that's your, your muscle like it's just taser. it's something that pisses me off in every movie they get tased and they just go unconscious that's not how tasers work they paralyze your muscles they don't knock you unconscious that's not how tasers work but so he gets there first he takes the elevator down and he goes into the God, preservation room shooting in him with I'm sorry i'm getting ahead of myself he goes to the preservation room and starts unscrewing the thing but then riley's like his feet the, is getting cut off the document from the big heavy fucking bulletproof frame right what luke's referring to and so he's taking it out and he's like i'm getting good cut off ian and his gang are here because i think what we see is a shot of ian and his gang because as dylan said they are just bowsering through the bottom of this <laughs> fucking building like they're bulldozing. Like, they're bulldozing. Like, they are straight up dem- demolishing it from the center of the earth. So, like, they I think we actually do And see raising sh- no alarms, by the way. Yeah, no, none yeah. are going off. The, no one's even noticing the rumbling of the foundation of the building shaking as they, like, rumble through it. But I think we do see a shot of them knocking out some sort of cord situation, which then would mean that Yeah, yeah he, like, being, hacks into the yeah, feed. Yeah, then he Riley was like, doing, little Riley was doing a thing where he, DVD player yeah, thing. It looked like a Game Boy SP. Yeah. But, like, Riley bit. was, like, replaying uh, All the of Riley's footage. tech, and I know it was 2004, but it all now looks looks like some sort of terrible Game Boy game. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, he's like, Ian's going to be there in like five seconds. You got to get out. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to take the whole damn frame and I'll unscrew it in the elevator. And if anyone walks in the elevator while I'm, while I'm in there, uh, I fucked. But Dylan, how heavy do you think that frame was? Nick Cage is not that muscular of a man. Uh, f- that thing had to be upwards of like 50, 70 pounds. Well, when, it, when you're holding the Declaration of Independence, I mean, you're tapping into wells of strength you didn't know you had. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say about 70 pounds. It's got to be heavy. That thing was thick. It has the weight of a nation behind it, Emma. And so he's like waiting for the elevator. And then like you see like the door across the hallway getting like hammered out. This is with electric. When they see him. There is just, Ian walks in. He just bursts through his flowy Sean Bean hair. I think he like adjusts his hair. And he just sees uh, Nick Cage standing there holding the massive uh, frame with the Declaration of Independence. And he just goes, Gates. Gates. Yeah. And they shoot at him. And they shooting him. And he like does like, he like uses the bulletproof frame to like block the Sick bullets. As it's, fuck. it's really cool. And like the elevator, and this is where like, just freaking, these guys can't hit the broad side of a bar. No. The elevator God. doors are Terrible just like closing. And they're like Terrible. hitting the closing doors. Like guys, they're not even shooting at him. They're shooting like above him. They're hitting the buttons on the side of the thing trying to get it to come back. Like yeah. they are nowhere near him. No. And so he gets in the elevator, doors closed, he's fine. And he unscrews the thing, shoves it in a plastic bag and sticks it in his, uh, uh, jacket. Also during this time... We're not exactly sure what happens to the case, right? Yeah, where the fuck 
fuck is that? He's in the he elevator? just left it in the elevator. I think that elevator is supposed to like not be in use, which is why like it wasn't suspicious for him to take the elevator. But the FBI finds it later. Um, Abigail, not being an idiot, was very suspicious of how Nicolas Cage basically went up to her and said, "I'm going to steal oh, that, that toast." Yeah. Oh, you mean the toast? Yeah. And she's like, "Hey." Is there a Paul Brown on the list? And she's and she's the guy, lady at the front. This is was like, where I first was like, "Fuck!" Diane Kruger looks incredible in that dress. I actually would love to know what that dress was, where it came from. Her waist is the size of my wrist, <laughs> and she's n- never looked better. And so she's like, "Yeah, Paul Brown's not a person." And she's like, "Huh?" And so she starts like going through the party looking for him, and then he's like sees her looking for him, but she doesn't see him. So he like turns and runs and hides in the gift shop. And then like this is a this is a weirdly paced scene amidst all this tension. The cashier sees he has the declaration. And it's tucked in his jacket and is like, Are you trying to steal that? And he's like, What? And there's like a bunch of uh souvenir decorations in like the same rolled up plastic bag kind of thing. And he's like, Oh no, whatever, here, I'll pay for it. And like he doesn't have enough money, so he needs to use a credit card. That's gonna be important later. You never use a credit card on a heist. Never, it's no. a slip. It's a slip. There's always something that goes wrong on a heist. And so then like he uh ducks out. We don't really see how that resolves. And Abigail Chase runs into him at the uh exit. Also, um, security guard Watergate style finds the cutout uh, ventilation shaft where the guys got in raises the alarm the guys go down to the preservation room see the declaration has been stolen all the alarms start going off she's like Mr. Brown what are you you leaving so soon and he's like yeah you know whatever and he, she sees him holding the thing and is like what is that and he's like eh, a souvenir and then all the alarms go off and he's just like ah oh, god damn it <laughs> like the timing of yeah, this yeah he's like oh god damn it. I, told, really I, told, I told you 10 minutes ago I was gonna take it and now you see me with it so you probably know now you're gonna be weird about it yeah, we had that whole yeah. conversation earlier yeah and then and speaking of bad timing, as they're having this argument where she's like, give me the declaration of There is a great sleight of hand here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, he just is like, here, take it. It's fine. Whatever. And uh, he gets in the van. And then, like, we see, uh, speaking of timing, Ian pops up like a gopher out of the hole. They're using a food truck to, like, go underground. And he this sees is a great, like, unabashedly, like, not kidding, fully great Yeah, we're not doing scene. it justice. But, great chase scene right because they get in the food truck and they see her waving the declaration of independence in the freaking so they uh, just street. grab her they sexy just... ass in that black dress <laughs> and her smoky eye and they and say you're with us hottie an amazing car chase ensues which is really impressive when you think about it because it's just between two cars it's not like seven police vehicles and it's just a food truck and a shitty red shady mm. ass van and it's like there's so much just tension in the scene of her like she's in the van with Ian we're and not like, able to do this justice yeah, but like, like she's swinging out the side of this food truck and like Nick Cage is grabbing for her it's a high intense scene it, it really is it's great but then like uh, Nick Cage grabs her also they're trying to shoot Nick Cage but of course they cannot hit anything for the no, life of them God, no. and uh Ian grabs the declaration from her and but they managed to get her into the van so they're like screw the girl we got the declaration they pull off and then Ian's like alright let's take a look and he unfurls declaration of independence and up in the corner it says replica $50 and he's just like he just throws it out and just goes well played Gates well played and uh, it's just like uh, Sean Bean brings so much intensity to this goddamn role it's beautiful and uh, so they are driving and she's and Diane Kruger to German accent is like what are you doing they're going to steal the declaration of independence that's not a German accent but that's how she no. sounds and does she uh, sound like and that? And he's like, no. I don't know. And he's like, she doesn't. And he's like, don't worry. This is the Declaration of Independence. It's that was fine. a Russian accent. All right, shut up. And it's like, here, I've got the Declaration of Independence. You're fine. Don't worry about it. And she's like, give it back to me. And he's like, eh, we can't do that because we are trying to find the, this mystic treasure. So they are like talking over about what they're going to do. And he's like, we need to examine it. And he won't let us. This is also where she finds out that he is a Gates and mm-hmm. that all that stuff happens. That's a great, actually, let me just stop there. That is a great point. And, and that just, this just goes to what Emma and I were saying earlier. 
earlier his whole thing of like, I need to protect it, I need to steal it so Ian doesn't have it. If that were actually his motive, he literally would have given it back to Abigail right now. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, no, that's, you're that's 100%, 100% right. right. That's, that's an amazing yeah. point. Completely and 100% right. Like, if he was it's not protected, you did it. Like, like, but no, now he's now holding a woman captive against her will. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's kidnapping. But he's she kidnapping. is now his prisoner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is where we're at. And so they pull off into like a park and are like talking everything over because they were going to take go back to Nicolas Cage's apartment and analyze it and they had like a whole clean room set up but he's like we can't go back there and he's like why not and he's like a freaking credit card swipe are you kidding yeah. me yeah they're gonna have like your credit whole card life. slip dummy yeah like, you're gonna have your whole freaking life in 10 seconds he's like I know I know I know yeah they get the whole write up and this is where we get okay. the, this is where we get the exposition that he went to Georgetown and is also a diving expert okay, or yeah, something we well yeah you're skipping out a few minutes first then we meet that right. Harvey Keitel Harvey Keitel just shows up in this movie <laughs> There's something about this guy's performance that is just like, Harry Kittel's performance is just like so off in this movie where like, uh, it's so hard to imagine what first watch is because we've watched this all a million times. I know that we all have, but like on first watch where it's like, he is so, plays it so weird. You almost think he's also a treasure hunter. Like, well, he's a Templar. He's a Templar. That is the reveal. That is the reveal. But you almost think it's going to be something more. You almost think he's a bad guy. You're almost like, oh, he's in it for the wrong reasons. And you know what you it know is? What I mean? is that, well, what it is is that Harvey Keitel is playing it like he knows he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. That is exactly it. The only thing with this that, like, yes, at, at like, the end, like, when it's revealed he's a Templar and stuff, but, like, he walks into Ben Gates' apartment and he's looking, you know, like, figures out the Georgetown MIT and, and he's like, oh, like, who is this guy? Like, what did you think, like, he would know the Gates family name that, like, everyone else seems to know in connection that with treasure hunting and then German if he's a fucking like, Templar and he's like oh, I don't know who this dude is also like here's the, yeah for sure Dylan that's a massive also problem. he's not a Templar he's a Mason but Whatever they're the basically fuck, the same, same thing. fucking thing in this universe the other thing I have to say is like this is just a, a complete non sequitur but I will say I did like that they do for a really wild plot twist in the end where, spoiler alert, he's going to dive off of a pier into the Hudson. They do bury it three or four times that he is They mention diver. it, yeah. They mention it yeah. so that makes it somewhat It's good storytelling. It's good storytelling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Harvey Keitel is now investigating this for the FBI because, you know, the Declaration of Independence was stolen. And he just comes in and I love, like, everyone... He's very casual. He's very casual that the Declaration of Independence was stolen, yes. But also, it, I just love, like, how much grief he gives everybody where it's like, um, so what did the security guards who were down here say? And they're like, oh, there were no security guards down here. And then he's, and then like the FBI agent is like, uh, there was a tip reported that uh, um, that someone might steal the Declaration of Independence soon. And then it's like, oh, well, what did the tipster say? And he's like, there wasn't a file opened. Uh, we didn't think it was yeah. credible. I do think everyone around Harvey Hitler is doing a great job. They have a lot of look in their eyes of like, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, yeah. They have a yeah. big, that's, even the security guard when like the whole chase is going down, like they realize it's missing from the preservation room. There's a security guard with his gun pointed who sees the fucking thing is out of the case. And he's like, Oh no, I'm getting yeah. fired. Like you can just see <laughs> oh, it in his oh, eyes. Yeah. These people are all like, "I am fired." Oh yeah, he's got a he's got like a welfare check in, in his mind immediately. He's like, "How do I apply I for unemployment?" I just lost my pension. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Here's another thing I want to bring up before we get into this second this phase of this story. Oh, we need to take a break. And I know, but just let me get this out because it's gonna not it's not fun and no one's gonna like it. It's- oh, perfect. Bring it on. <laughs> Why does he need scans of or? The original silence do good letters. It is 2004, motherfucker. You have a tech. Can they not just Google 
an image of the silence do good letters. Yeah. He's like, we have scans of the original at my place. And then the, oh, fuck, we got to go to my dad's because that's where the originals are. Like, could you not just Google silence do good letters? I think what they tell me where I'm wrong. No, I guess the only thing I'm thinking, um, Luke might be thinking the same or not, is that he like he thought his dad had them and then he made scans and he wasn't aware that his dad like gave him the museum or put him out publicly like maybe he was thinking this was like i don't know something his family only had or like they only had all the letters but like some but of those that- are a very rare, well, normal thing in american history everyone knows about well like, my could have easily i don't know Luke, my point with it what i was gonna say was that I think first of all, if you're if you can have the originals, get the originals. Yes, like this. but and it, scans and all was he, their first plan. And all he knows is that the key in silence is undetected or whatever. My other guess would be is that um, freaking we like we know that these letters existed because they were printed in the newspaper. But you might like it. Might be something like the way they were printed would be different than how they were actually written. That was what I thought. Yeah. That was what I thought. Okay. I just was asking the question to think about it. Give us a little bit of book club. So probably like over. the actual letters would be necessary instead of like just like the, the column. Way they, or the way they've been repurposed. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's be my guess. Yeah. But I don't know. That's fair. But that's a good point. But yeah, they pull off into the into some park and talk this over. That like you know where you need to go, Ben. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to. Um. And then Abigail tries to run away with the Declaration of Independence. And In she, her beautiful dress. But yeah, but she like like takes off her high heels. Also, and, like, there's she's, a like, beautiful background in the scene. I don't remember what exactly. Is it the Washington I, Monument? Oh yeah, Emma. This, the whole background of this movie is Washington D.C. porn. It's That's a really beautiful. Like it's the moon is out, and like they're and, like they're parked this unmarked van. Normally, it isn't a beautiful setting, but this in this case, it is. Yeah. So they he realizes he has to go and see the sad. Also, like like Nicolas Cage, like when uh, Abigail and he are like kind of fighting, and and she's like, no, I'm not letting this document out of my sight, and then he's like. No, you're not going with the declaration. She's like, yes, I am. And he's like, no, no, no. You're not going with us with the declaration, knowing that she would say yes. Like, he clearly just wants, like, also to get his dick wet with, with Dr. Chase. Like, for sure. He's horny. <laughs> yeah. He has a horniness behind his eyes this whole movie. Yeah. That he can't like, literally, his motive throughout the film is, I want to get rich and I want this girl. Well, I disagree because I think it, I think first in his mind is treasure because, like, well, yeah. don't do remember that he almost lets her die at one point to save the declaration. Fuck bitches get <laughs> We're more like get treasure and maybe if there's time. Um, but we need to take a quick break. So audience, go do some heist prep and then come back and we'll put this some bad boy together. Heist, get, some heist prep. Lot, That's the best you can do for yeah. this. Well, they need to bring. I need them. I need them to bring us a hair dryer and some lemons. So audience, go get those items. Luke, this is your worst work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. Have a good night, Templars. That's nothing. That's nothing. What you, said. you have to have a pun. The heist prep was. How is that funny. not a pun? That's just a referencing a thing. You just went silent when you did that whole heist prep thing because it didn't even land. You just think it didn't land either. You just said Templars. Like what? That's nothing. You gotta have a pun. That's not a pun. That's just a thing. Don't say silence. Do good. We'll be right back. There you go. That was good. That was better. That's what I'm saying. There's gonna there's gonna be a little silence. But yes. <laughs> don't go away. Do good. There we go. There we, go. Okay, okay. we found it, folks. All right. We'll be back. There's in a gonna minute. be a silence. <laughs>
adventure of the national variety mystery hair plugs <laughs> leather secret um, maps okay so they arrive on the steps of John, John Voight's Boy, house. Angelina Jolie's father, an American treasure as well. And a national treasure? A national treasure. And he uh, is like, hey, How Dad. sad is it that when someone says, like, national treasure? Like, which is a phrase. It was refer, a phrase before you this. You would refer to, like, you know, John Voight as, like, a national treasure. At this time, I now only think of the movie. I'm like, the movie invented that phrase. Well, and Nicolas Cage. The movie he and, yeah, inherently Nicolas Cage is the mm-hmm. new national treasure. Yeah. And so he tells John Voight, hey, Dad, it's me. I'm in a little bit of trouble. And your he, son, Nicholas Cage. Your son, Nicholas Cage. And he says, <laughs> and, he's, and he looks it's at me. Your son, it's me, your son, Benjamin Nick. Franklin, John Adams, Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, And he looks at Diane Kruger and goes, "Is she pregnant?" And I was like, "Oh God, yeah, this movie's for families, huh?" Yeah, this also this is a weird thing. Number one, Diane Kruger not pregnant. Dylan, we talked about this. She's 15 pounds soaking wet. She's eaten an almond in the past seven days. <laughs> yeah. Um. If she's pregnant, I would be very worried. So she's not pregnant. Because she turns around and he's like, do I look pregnant? It's like, um, no, the opposite. Because bitch. John Voight, yeah. You're like, you've been pregnant. eating cocaine for breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Fashion Week. Number two, this now introduces a whole new subplot of like, to this point, I have only understood Nick Cage's character of being someone who like Dylan was saying is like the Reeboks with jeans nerd. who like, loves <laughs> And now he's supposed to be laying pipes oh, yeah. across the no, DC and, metropolitan and, and area. Even, yes, unprotected. Yes. And even later, when they're in the Urban Outfitters dressing room, and he's like, yeah, my dad thinks it's been a little too cavalier in my days. What the fuck were you doing at Georgetown and MIT, Nicolas Cage? You banging chicks underwater in that diver school you went to? Like, he's like, oh, another one? Another one of your hoes? Like, it's such a (laughs) weird beat. Like, I would never think that that's where we're going to go with this character, but that's Well, that being said, can you imagine anything more erotic than Nicolas Cage behind you just doing his business and saying hey do you want to hear the, about the back of the treasure map on the back of the declaration of independence i just got a hole over my body yeah it's yeah. a yeah if anyone hey do you want to hear about the secret treasure that our forefathers died to protect Ugh. like it's just all right there anyway okay. so they come in so they go in and he's like this better not be about that dumb treasure son and he's like oh dad don't worry about it and they Spoiler take, alert, it's about the it's about the national treasure you're not gonna love this you're not gonna love this and he's like look i need the silence do good letters because i found the charlotte and he's like so you did find the treasure he's like no i found a clue and he's like ah, don't you get it all there is is clues you see i've actually figured it out the treasure was just something made up by our forefathers to distract the british it doesn't exist and so he's like, you know, that's not true. Our whole families believe that. And he's like, yeah, and our whole family was treated as kooks and crazies. I'm a man. I have health care. And like the other And this things. beautiful home in Arlington. Yes. Yeah, and a Cadillac out back. And he's like, well, what do you have now? And he's like, well, I got the, I have this. And they don't tell him it's the Declaration of Independence. But it's a very old document. There's a map on the back of it. And they decide they need to look at it here. And this is where um, Abigail Chase like gets into it. Because he like, they lay out freaking garbage bags on his dad's kitchen table and like are about to rub some lemons on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, and they're, she's like, oh, they're no. rubbing lemons all right. <laughs> and oh, so, and do so they rub that lemons? That sounds like a euphemism. It sounds like it because it is, Luke. Are Nicolas Cage and Abigail Chase rubbing lemons? <laughs> they rub lemons on this thing. Yeah, she's got her lemons all over this fucking document. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey up in here for them. Like I'm saying like, and this is what we are talking about earlier where it's like they really only have this kind of sexual spark when that ancient document is right in between them mm-hmm. and right in front of them. Like, it seems weird. It seems forced. And then you put that document oh, down and she goes, yeah. shh, baby boy. <laughs> yeah. That old musky smell. 
cool. Oh, you're doing your right. It probably smells they terrible. Go, they go, shh, baby boy. Someone who's trained to handle these documents is going to handle them. And then she takes the lemon and bends. Also, like, the most sexual part of this is he's the they put the lemon juice on, nothing happened. Spoiler alert, Nicholas Cage, you fucking genius. Don't remember what your dad just said five seconds yeah. ago. But he goes, pops his head out of the kitchen. He goes, you need heat. And then they both bend over and go, and breathe on it together, which, like, they're just getting their spill all over that fucking document. <laughs> and when they when they really realize that they want to be getting their spit all over each other, because mm. it is the most sensual. I don't know how you make a dual breath. They're breathing sensual, into each other. But it's just like a and like it's it's crazy. But then yeah, so they do that, and the symbol appears in the top corner, and there is a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence, which one of the which is one of the best sentences ever conceived by human beings. I want to think that I'm better than this movie. I really do. I want to think that I've grown past it and that I've seen it so many times. Categorically possible. Yeah, malarkey, Emma. When you see that symbol appear in the corner, you get a rush. You do. No, and that's exactly what happens to Abigail. She gets a little rush, a little twinkle in her eye, and she's like, all right, well, I'm I'm all in. So she's like, fuck me on this document right now. She's like, I'm so going to get fired for this. She's like, well, I don't give a fuck. Now that I saw the What she really says is... This is the point where she's all in. Yeah. She's, she's all in now. She's never once wavers after this point. No, she's in now. But what she really and says is... And I'm like is, a ride or die bitch. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What she really says is, we need more lemons. And Nicholas Cage says, we need more heat. So he goes and get a hair dryer. Good idea. Smart. Why? <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> Somebody, who was the first person to call this out? I wish I could credit them. But the amount of lemons... <laughs> John Voight must be a, be a sailor who fears of scurvy. Because the man just has a bowl of lemons. 12 to 13. Yeah. I was so confused. I was like, this guy makes fish and asparagus five times a day. This guy has a double digit number. Yes. He's a lemon offender. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. He, he was having planning for a lemon party tomorrow. I don't know what a lemon party is, but he was throwing one. So then they just do like a cut of them just like slathering the Declaration of Independence with lemons and waving mm-hmm. a hair dryer back and forth in front of it. And they're getting all these numbers and all that stuff. And Riley's like, what is that? Like geographical coordinates? And it's, it's an like, Ottendorf cipher, you fucking moron. <laughs> yes, it's a cipher. And like, so all the numbers refer to like the certain letters in a line of the silent Stuga letters because the key is in silence undetected, etc. So it's like, yeah, Des, can, can you go get oh, the letters? Oh, Jesus. Uh, not to cut you out, Luke, but uh, you know how you use, just use the term lemon party? Urban Dictionary says it's uh, three old men in an orgy. No. <laughs> so that's exactly, well, so that's exactly what well, Patrick Gates... If that wasn't what the founding fathers were <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so, all right. Well, that I guess we I guess we know why Ben's mom left him. You know what else? We just found the title of the episode, more importantly. But Let second of all, <laughs> that's also a great point that I forgot, is so they heavily imply that Nicholas's cage mom is dead. In oh, this yeah. Movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He literally like At least I had your mother for as little time or, or whatever. It's like, oh, as she, long she as I died, did. tragically. Which which makes it, which which is not like super concrete that she's alive, but it's a weird way to talk about someone who's still alive. Yeah. Um, it's a totally correct way to talk about someone if then you decide by the second movie you've made enough money to get Helen Mirren, <laughs> then you're going to walk that right the fuck back and say, Helen Mirren, come on they, down. they knew or had decided. And then Helen Mirren's like, no, I'm in on this. And they're like, all right, fuck, there we go. This is a weird hit, guys. This thing was a hit and it's a weird fucking hit. Anyway, 
So uh, the dad's like, oh, yeah, those letters, you know, it's only, it's weird that we found them. They were crammed in an old desk we got from the newspaper and all of a sudden he's like, dad, where are the letters? How fucking random is that? Why would they not find them via treasure hunt? You, Make you, that easier. Yeah, they can't even find, like, a clue on purpose, apparently. These guys suck, except for Ben. And he's like, I don't have them. I donated them to the uh, Franklin Museum in Philadelphia. And so he's like, ah, oh, damn it. Well, we got to go to Philadelphia, I guess, now. And then, like... Abigail says, um, we can't keep like transporting this or something. And then he goes, well, what is it? And lifts it up. And they're like, no. And he sees the Declaration of Independence. And John Voight does a great job just being like, oh, God yeah. damn it. He's not <laughs> pissed. He's just like, I almost knew it was going to be. He was just like, you He's stole like, the Declaration of Independence. I knew it was going to You happen. absolute mad lad. Why would you do this? And he's like, dad, I don't have time to go into it right now. Also, the FBI is probably going to be here Who soon. Who is it that brings up the point that like they need to tie him up? Because that like came very late in the scene and I was like yeah no shit dummies no gonna- they, they don't I don't think they bring it up I think we just do a hard cut yeah, where they talk we just about like how they the, she's like well now now you brought me involved in this and Ben's like well we wouldn't want that yeah yeah there's a, there's a winking thing we're like well we're gonna take care of that or there, yeah. we wouldn't want that and then so we they- do a cut to the FBI showing up at his dad's house because they also talk about how they want next of kin lists and everything and then he's just this is a very funny scene is he just sitting in his like armchair duct taped to it with a drink he's and it's just like drinking something he's drinking like a soda because he ordered pizza and it's just like are you gonna untie me and he like slips on his drink and it's it's very good i liked it and then uh he talks to sadusky a little bit um who is harvey Keitel, and kind of gives him the lowdown that like they basically are lying harvey Keitel, i've i ruminated on this on the break like he has just no urgency about him no he's gonna find nick cage whenever he finds him and that's probably gonna be soon but he's not gonna well, act that's because, that's because he's secretly rooting for nick cage yes, yeah he's a mason yes he's a mason, yes, he's a mason. Sure. wouldn't you think if he's like the director of the fbi like on top of this case that would have like come up and hit like uh, come up in his background or something is it not like a secret society i mean we know about he it so it's not ring. that secret he just, he's he not just a ring with a freemason all right yeah you're right he's right out in the open um but actually you raise a good point is that i don't think you were saying riley pool is the introductory character for people i think harvey Keitel is like the stand-in for the audience where he's just like this is wild but yeah, i'm along like, for the ride he's man. like guys i'm loving everything you're doing it's not somebody's got to go to prison <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. i'm loving what's but happening it's not gonna be you point. nicholas cage yeah, you're the like, good guy we gotta put somebody in prison but like i'm having a great time yeah <laughs> um so and then like he talks to him and they basically are lying that like the dad that they came in and like tied the dad up and stole his car and etc um so yeah they're driving to philadelphia in the dad's car they also stole like hundreds of dollars from him because they took his common yes. sense book with money tucked in the pages they go to philadelphia and where do they go but urban outfitters to change you know, clothes where you go <laughs> where you go and this is oh no that's we're not there yet the next also this is also my favorite thing that I think is you really only appreciate it as an adult. Is the problem with having Ian as the villain is, is Ian is a smart criminal, but he knows jack shit about American history because he's not American and nobody's American. So they have to invent ways for him to like shittily deduce the same things he that doesn't Nick Cage knows. He does ever use anything besides silence. He, he realizes it's a name. He, yeah. yeah, he uses, he, he like realizes the silence is the name and that he should do, like he, he just needs to figure out what Nick Cage is going to do next. He doesn't need to figure out how to actually put things together. But it also works for him. It it's works. Thing, the moral is like cheating. You'll get probably just he as He does close. this and then he just types a couple words into and Google. Google. Oh, yeah. That's the amazing thing where, where Nick Cage is sitting here and he's like, that's what I'm saying about the silence. Do good letters. But it's like, couldn't he just Google? Like Nick Cage is like resolute, iron, 
fern, iron ball pen, doing it all like with mental math and is like, um, here at the wall. Like he literally, Ian is like, um, and we got fucking Ask Jeeves. Like can we pull, it's like 2004, they're like, it is, oh. it's literally Ask Jeeves. They dump four words into Ask Jeeves and they're like, oh, and there we go, Trinity mm-hmm. Church, let's on the way boys. Like, uh, it, it, I just find it really funny that he has to like figure it out because yeah, they realize that science is capitalized because it's name science, do good. And so then it cuts to the Ben Franklin Museum and there's this little kid who we see like, counting out the letters or whatever and then he runs back the letters to Riley using the key we saw in the back of the declaration he's counting the letters like yeah to get like the yeah the secret phrase or whatever they don't and yeah. they don't want to be seen right and then Ian shows up and again Ian doesn't know why he's here he, he doesn't even have the cipher no he just is like he's like Ben's looking into this for sure so he's probably around here somewhere and then he sees the kid like doing the thing and he puts it together um and then Riley has fucking lucky as shit that he's yeah, there at the oh, same the time exact same time sees the kid yeah but that that's literally Ian's whole thing throughout the movie he's like I'll just be at the right place at the right time and literally yeah and fuck shit up yeah and so Riley has like uh this the clue like written down on a newspaper where it's like something something the house of pass and and then speaking of good timing a, a bus, bus drives by with an advertisement to go see the liberty but liberty bell in philadelphia that says how pass and stow on it and he's like oh it's a freaking liberty bell he gets up and leaves and then ian like they're supposed the to be like, bus pulls away in kind of an extreme makeover home edition swoop <laughs> where yeah. like you expect to see the kid giving riley the information riley is already gone the kid's looking out. for riley because riley already figured it out yes and then we cut to urban outfitters yes. which is hilarious and stupid and i love it i but love what, that they're in an urban but outfitters. what's even crazy because it fucking what her name is Diane Kruger's in an evening gown and has been for 12 hours. Yes, but what's even crazier is, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but it's one of those things where if you stop and think about it, it's insane. The fitting room situation of this Urban Outfitters oh, is yes. the most insane thing I've ever seen because they have Nick Cage and Diane Kruger right next to each other in two separate fitting rooms and the fitting room door by the way is just like a saloon like two part <laughs> door and they're getting fully naked in there I feel like you guys have never been to an Urban Outfitters like you're lucky if there's a fucking chainmail sheet in front of you at Urban Outfitters like, <laughs> I didn't even think they have, I wouldn't even think Urban Outfitters is a store that would have changing rooms yeah they barely do it's like if you want to get naked in front of some guy named Nico with a forehead tattoo because that's what's gonna happen like they're like that's exactly accurate to how that should look. Well, I was just saying, if Diane Kruger was a taller woman, her tits would be out and you could see nicer. them all over the store. It looked nicer to me than most changing rooms in Urban Outfitters. I was like, this looks pleasant. But also, do, I'm sorry, do, they, do, they not, do they not at least have men's and women's fitting? No, rooms? no, no. But yeah, this is their other romantic scene where he's like talking about this his This is kind of hot, but this is where you're right. He's well, because they're fully naked. This they're pretty naked sexual. in this film. And like you see even the little shot of like her foot kind of lifting. Yes! Dylan, there is a sexy foot shot yes. where she does this little thing and pops her yes. foot up like a little toe pop when he's talking. And it is the least sexual thing. But in some way, you know that that body language is like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Benjamin Gates. Yeah. Yeah. And Nicholas Cage asks her questions. This woman he's met like twice. This is like, also where he's like, he's like, have you ever been in love? Have you ever said I love no, He says, have you ever said I love you to someone you you're not related to? You know how you talk to someone in Urban Outfitters changing room? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, your challenge from this episode is to go to Urban Outfitters and be in a changing room and then ask the person in the changing room next to you, have you ever said and I then love give you? Them, then then give the cashier a $2,000 diving watch. <laughs> yeah, it's collateral. <laughs> so. <laughs> the fact that he uses the term collateral <laughs> at an Urban Outfitters is so. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna well, lie to you. In 2004, I think this movie taught me what the word collateral meant. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I don't think and I knew. also, 
the idea that a cashier and Uber doctors would know what the word collateral. They're like, what? Like, oh, she, she didn't give Sir, a fuck. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> He's like, I just handed you a Rolex diving watch, and she's like, oh, whatever, I, whatever. But she's like, I literally. I don't get paid enough of this. But so they have this weird romantic scene, and they're paying at the cashier. This is where the- there's a great line that I actually was like, fuck. Like, this is a line from a sexier movie where he says something about the tread. They're having this, this is like their big emotional connect scene, this fucking saloon door changing room. And he says something like about the treasure, like, oh, I just believed it was real. Like, I hoped it was real. And then I hoped like, you know, like he says this emotional thing about the treasure and why it's something that he's chased after his whole life. I'm not going to paraphrase all things because I can't. And he goes, people don't talk that way. And he goes, yeah, that's true. But they think that way. And I thought that was a really beautiful line because it's about like his, he's very open. Like we're saying in a mm-hmm. weird way, in an urban outfit. We're about to see, we're about to see it in a yeah, second. Yeah, we're about to see just very, how open they are. But he's very open in like a weird way about like his hopes and desires and how this has driven his whole life. And she's like, people don't really talk that way. It's, he sounds a little old fashioned and he goes, yeah, but they think that way. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I love that line. And isn't there a similar line later with he and Harvey Keitel too, where he's like, He's like, people don't really believe that anymore. And he's like, they want to believe it. Yes. Yeah, there's a very At similar Trinity line. Church. Yes, yes. Yeah. The line with Harvey Keitel later has a very similar energy to this Urban Outfitter yeah, scene. Yeah, it's very Where similar. it's a little bit out of place from the goofiness happening around it. Really, I feel like if you sat down and tried to figure out the tone of this movie, it would be all over the place, but like somehow it invents its own tone. Because you know what? He literally has this fucking deep-hearted conversation where he's like, yeah, but they think that way. Five seconds later, we're going to see that same fucking man use a bottle of Aquafina as a magnifying glass, <laughs> which this is, is my, insane. This is my favorite scene in the movie. I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite scene in the movie. So they're paying at the cashier. Riley rolls up. they need street clothes. The Riley, like Power Rangers. Yes. What? Like Power Rangers. They need street clothes. I mean, yeah, I guess, but the Power Rangers don't buy new clothes every time. I'm just saying, like, they were in their, their, their okay. heist outfits. They need street clothes. Okay. So uh, they're paying at the cashier. Riley comes up. He's like, yo, I got the uh, letters. It's um, Behold the Shadow, whatever, House of Pass and Stowe. Now, the Pass of... And Riley's, like, all smug. He's like, in the House of Pass and Stowe, of course, afraid they both go to the Liberty Bell. And he's like, why do you have to do that? Why do you have to take he away my excited. moment? excited. And this is, this is where Riley just is my favorite thing ever. And... This is a great Riley scene. This is a great... This is why it's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, they kind of, like, figure out that they need to go to where the Liberty Bell is and look at where the Independence Hall steeple where the shadow lands at a specific time. And they're like, what time? How do we figure it out? And Nicolas Cage goes into full on the same thing as the pipe later, where he's like, excuse me, can I see one of the $100 bills you gave me? And she's like, no, this is a store. (laughs) Sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, I cannot give you the money back that I... Also, that she just paid in Urban Outfitters in 100 Like, what? (laughs) And he's like, okay, well, here's my diving watch. It's much more expensive. I actually dive with it. And she's like... Can I give it to you as collateral? This woman's like, I And she's like, I can't do this with you, Nicolas Cage. And gives him the $100 bill. this is also how I imagine Nicolas Cage acting in a real store. Oh, He's yeah. like, give me one of those $1,000 bills back. Uh, here's my dad. $1,000 bills. $1,000. And then he picks up a bottle of Aquafina. You know, like they sell at Urban Outfitters. And holds it up <laughs> to the $100 bill. I had the same job. They do not sell water. And also, they, he actually has a great moment here where he's going fully. He's like, the, the back of the $100 bill is, it has a photo of Independence Hall. It's based on a painting. And he looks like the cashier. And this is what's really interesting about it. Painted by the a friend of Benjamin like, Franklin. And the cashier is giving a great job. And so he holds the bottle of Aquafina up to... Uh, his the, eye. Up to his eye and then looks at the $100 bill. Instead of, you know, just looking at the $100 bill. He uses it as a magnifying glass. As a magnifying glass. I don't know why his thought process also, went there. Also, of all 
daughter's Aquafina. Evian would obviously be the purest magnifying glass. <laughs> That's your issue with that? I mean, I have few issues with it. Dylan, what would your water of choice be for magnifying glass? Oh, Voss, for sure. Oh. See, I feel like the I feel like the bottle though uh, is a frosted. Voss. It would be frosted. It, it's frosted. I would go Fiji. I think Fiji with the but black. There's that, but there's so that jungle scene it's in the back. It's, yeah, but you look through the side of it, and it's just straight through, and it's clear plastic. Evian, guys, I'm All telling right, you. Everyone, you got our, everyone, we took a group. Everyone, let us know on Twitter. <laughs> what that actually work on No, <laughs> probably not. I don't care. So, and then he sees that the time is like, what is it, like 2.20 or? I thought 2.22 or 2.23. No, they needed they need to be there at 3.30, and it's, it's yeah. No, it's like it, I think it was 2.23, and then the cashier looks at the Prices Rolex and it's like, oh, well, it's almost three. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. it's almost three. It's, it's like almost two thirty. You're and, Dylan's and like, right. He yeah. just got it. It's like. And, and and this is why this is like the best Riley scene. And they're like, oh, damn, we missed it. And the Riley goes, no, we didn't. And they're like, huh? And he's like, oh, my gosh. Do, do, do you guys not know this? Do I know something about history that you don't know? Oh, wow, this is amazing. Is this just how you guys feel like all the time? Except for now, of course. <laughs> and then he's like, daylight savings time wasn't instituted until World War One, which means right now in 1770, whatever, uh, 2.30 would be 1.30, meaning we have a bunch of time to go get there. And, like, they all run off because they're all excited. And then as they're leaving, Riley's like, hey, do you know who first proposed Daylight Savings Time? And they go, they yell, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. And then he just gives, like, a damn it. And it's, it's very good. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, this, is the, this, is also, this is also intercut with the scene where Ian gets the last uh, word from the kid and just straight up types. It literally is. Sto- no, Stowe. And Declaration of Independence. To entirely... How that gave you the but Liberty Bell. But it, American history. I can completely see yeah, it. Had, had, had he put in Stowe American history, I would have bought it. But he put the, in Declaration of Independence. That shouldn't have turned to Benedict. It's the same fucking term paper. If Nick Cage had Google, it be a fucking faster movie. Let me tell you that. Yeah, so they go to Independence Hall. And they uh, friggin' go on a tour. And they go up into the uh, section for employees. They go up to where the steeple is. And they see that at the time on the bills where the shadow lands this is kind of very uninteresting to describe so then hurry up yeah and ian and his crew also show up but they go to the actual liberty bell which was taken down from the steeple dummies they're in the wrong place there's a new bell on top of it so uh nicholas cage goes to where the shadow was and he finds a brick with i did like this shit like the the, the daylight savings time and the bell thing where it's like there has been changes made and they have to adjust for them and like you have to be smart enough yeah that was good and the brick and find the glasses like that was that was pretty cool. Like the, you know, first few oh, times. Oh, yeah. So he, like, so he yeah. goes up to the, the brick. The acting where Nick Cage sees the shadow from the, so you see the bell hit the shadow and it highlights, or the cross on top of the steeple and hits this brick at the exact time. You see Nick Cage run up and like knife the fucking, does that work? Can you just knife I mean, the that's what I was, That was my first thought too. I was like, I mean, there's it's no really way old. this knife is, is getting this brick I had, out. Well, to, considering how much damage it do to his thumb earlier, I assume that thing can cut through anything. But he knifes it out of the thing and he does great acting here where you can see him be like, he's just looking behind the brick, like, where the fuck is the thing? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then finally you see him just, like, look down, like, almost giving up. And then he realizes that the brick is empty and that was sick acting. And I liked that. Sure. And he turns it over and what's in there but some whack-ass looking glasses. An ocular and device. Yes. Yeah, he says ocular device and not glasses. That's They're, what the wiki refers to it as. I mean, yeah, but it's glasses. It's glasses with yeah, some it's lenses. Yeah, it's special specs, lenses. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're stupid. And so they he meets back up with... Uh, Abigail and Riley in uh, in the, back in Independence Hall, and he's like, yeah, he's like, there's some kind of ocular device, and so we need to. Uh if it's for seeing the treasure map. And so they roll it out, and then Ben has a moment where he just gets so goddamn rock hard, where he's like, the last time this was here, 
It was being signed. And then and then Riley's like, there's another tour. Uh, he's, he's like, like, he's like, he's like, like I don't go. care. We're, holding, we're, we're holding the Declaration of Independence right in a very public place yeah. right now. And so he puts the glasses on and sees, and there's like a... doesn't realize to fucking flip them. It's so I have the same... Yeah, so that's insane. There's literally things. It's so, so it's like 3D fucking glasses, obvious. Yeah. Where there's like red and blue lenses. If you in front don't know of what these lens. look like, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to have and time. It's so obvious that you should flick them in order to like flip through what you see in the different things. And some and like you have to find the right to see the different messages. The first one with all the lenses just says here at the wall, and then there's a picture of the Holy Trinity. And uh, they are like, oh my gosh, this is it. And then I'm like, okay, so flip the thing. And they just keep like all looking at it, and no one thinks to like flip. Fucking the turn lenses. the thing. It's so hilarious. So. Um, they're like, okay, here at the wall. Ben, of course, immediately knows what that means. But uh oh, problem. Who's outside? But Ian and his goons, and his multi-ethnic goons, and uh, they're like, okay, so we have the map and the, the declaration and these lenses. We want to separate the lock and the key. We're all going to split up. And by all going to split up, I mean you two go together and me go by myself for no discernible reason. They also have this like. I think he knows that he's probably the biggest target, so he's trying to. True, but like he just takes. The scroll case. They have like this backpack scroll case, which where is. Where did they get that? I don't that? know where they got that, and why no one raises any questions about someone just walking around with this incredibly <laughs> also, crazy I backpack think, I thing. I guess this is, it's not. I was just gonna say something so insane. I'm so sorry, guys. I was gonna be like, guess this is a pre 9 11 world. It's a post 9 11 world. Because I was like, well, well, in what universe would you be able to bring that massive case into a tour of Independence Hall? It looks like you could hide a rifle in there. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's easily. insane. It's insane. And so uh, he's like, I'm gonna take the scroll case and the glasses and so if i get caught i'll just like give them the thing thing in the he doesn't even articulate, he doesn't that. articulate that but like and then you guys take the declaration and you go why he doesn't take the case riley takes the glasses and she doesn't take the declaration and they all go their separate ways because I don't a know. woman can't be trusted on her own to run <laughs> you know this our ankles so weak and frail how would we escape <laughs> They can't run. We without can't their, even say the they, word escape. They can't run without their husband's permission. Is what you're saying? No. Okay. So we don't have shorts. We have dresses just churling about our thighs. <laughs> so hot under there. So they all leave, and this is another very tense chase scene, kind of, but it's also played for comedy a little bit because of just how bad these dudes are at chasing down Nicolas Cage. Because like, I the, like the fucking market scene. Oh, the market scene. Like, yeah, that was yeah. good, and I, I like the the ex husband gag was good too. That's yeah. the, that's the, my favorite. Joke you in the whole there as long so, as you like. So to break it down, Nicholas Cage is being chased by two guys. They chase him through like a courtyard. This is where he's climbing up scaffolding. They shoot yes. directly at him from a There's foot away a cool and they part. miss him. There's also a cool part where they shoot him in a graveyard. And I don't know what it is about a gunfight in a graveyard, but that's just good. Uh, that's just good. They, they chase Riley and Abigail into like this market with like food and butcher shops and everything. And she just hops. They split up and then she just hops over into the butcher counter and she's like they don't mean to split up they no, lose yeah, yeah. each other but like she just hops in the back of the butcher counter there's a woman working there and she goes are you a steak like, otherwise you don't, belong, you don't belong, belong here she's like I'm just trying to hide from my ex-husband and she like looks and sees Shaw and is like is that Bali over there and she's like yeah and she goes honey you can stay as long as you want uh, Shaw goes like starts walking closer to her and she goes can I help you do you want something like trying to give him some grief and she goes shut up and then she gives another great part version of the joke which is I can see why you left him <laughs> that's pretty much their whole scene uh, the black henchman who shows up out of nowhere we've never hot we've He's never really seen hot. okay <laughs> never seen him before I don't know where he came he from he came out of nowhere oh Phil yeah he does get yeah, the name also him the, okay here's my theory Dylan stay with me on this forget the loser but like there was definitely some the strip club scene that got cut <laughs> Phil played a major part <laughs> because him and Nicolas Cage have a rapport on this roof 
that we're supposed to like know. He's like, Phil, you know me. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah we don't. It's Phil, like, our Phil, our dads fought non together. Yeah, like he's like to rationalize, like like appealing to Phil's kind. He's like, come on, Phil, like, you know what I'm talking about here. You don't want to shoot me. And it's like, do ye? Does he not? We've remember, never remember when man. I sold a diving watch to pay for your daughter's operation? Come on, Phil, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, Phil, remember that bachelor party, man? Come on. <laughs> but so Ben like takes the scroll case off and like throws it off the roof, and Phil dives for it, and then he disappears, and then Phil opens and realizes declaration's not in there, and he's and he on looks by. like his old friend is just tricked at me. He's like, oh darn that old goose. And I'm like, we don't even know that you have a relationship. <laughs> Why wouldn't that have been Shaw? Because he's the one name we know. know. But so they, they like reconvene and they say to meet back at the car. Riley and Diane Kruger just due to no dastardly interference. Trip over their own feet. Trip over their oh, own yeah. fucking feet. As I said, women, we can't run by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true because Riley gets caught up by those two elderly businessmen who just fucking <laughs> tackle him, basically. Yeah, he gets bodied yeah. by two 80-year-old men and then Diane Kruger collides with another group of people because, like, Riley's, like, held up by these old people and then Diane Kruger just gets and sends off. the Declaration of Independence flying into the, the street. In the middle of the road oh, yeah. and no protection because obviously their they're hard condom they've been using to carry it around and is now in their cage. It is such a weird container that yeah, I don't know what that is. So but then they, speaking of being in the right place at the right time, freaking Ian rolls up and just finds the Declaration of Independence just laying in the street being like, oh, lucky day. And they just run off. But the people tailing them like try to go and it's like, nah, we got the Declaration. We're fine. So they all go, they like, I don't, I think they have a cell phone call or whatever. Say, meet back at the car. Nick Cage shows up the car and guess what happens? He gets arrested by the FBI because they found his car. And There's a great beat in that phone call though before Nick Cage gets arrested where he's like talking to Diane Kruger and Riley and he's like, we lost the decoration. And he's like, <gasps> you can like hear how upset he is. Yeah. And then like he has to like, like someone who's pretending he's like, you're okay though. You guys are, you're okay. Like I, I don't really give a fuck, but like yeah. without the declaration, him and Diane Kruger's romance means nothing. If, 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 if one of you lost a few fingers, that's fine. But like, well, that's the thing. yeah, no, okay. Tama's point. He knows all oh, the declaration's gone. She's probably going to go cold on me now. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And so they see him get arrested and they run off. And then Bri's like, what are we going to do? And she's like, do you know how to contact Ian? And he's like, what? Hard cut. Ben is being interrogated by the FBI, by Sadusky, and he just straight up tells him everything. He makes no attempt to hide anything. He's like, I'm looking for the treasure. That's why I took the Declaration of Independence. It was going to be stolen by Ian. He's the real bad guy, et cetera, et cetera. He had, they have the spectacle I would still. love the scene where Sadusky's like, and so why, so why once you got it, did you not just give it back? Well, well you know, man. I mean, well, you got the Declaration of Independence. You just might as well take a look at it. We had those lemons. We had all those lemons. Yeah, we, we, you rubbed lemons on the Declaration of Independence. That's not important. It was a important. lemon party thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I called out your dad's lemon party. I was supposed well, to be I know week. all about lemon parties. I visited your dad later that night. <laughs> So, and only by Sadusky randomly deciding to, and I, I feel like Sadusky has to be doing this antagonistically because he knows he wasn't like smart enough to actually do this. He starts tapping the multiple lenses on the ocular device. And then he goes, so what did it say? Here at the wall. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Is that, is that all it said? And he's like, no. And then you zoom in on him tapping and he goes, there's more to it. Yeah, no you shit. Dumbass. Yeah. And so they get a phone call from Ian being like, hey, be at the, what, what is it? The USS, USS Intrepid. Intrepid. This time tomorrow, FBI, he better come alone because I know you're listening to this call. And then we'll give you like, because uh, I have the declaration. So like, I'll give you the declaration in exchange or whatever. But what's crazy to me about this is that the FBI is immediately ready to run this op. They are like, they are like, okay, we just arrested the man who stole the Declaration of Independence, but we now are going to risk losing him. Yeah, let's, him in yeah, a very let's public let him situation. roam free. Uh, you know, in, in New York, where there's a ton of people around. Like, we'll have eyes on him, but this will probably be in fine. In a normal bureaucrat... Well, okay. 
they don't have the declaration back, so they can't. That's the thing. That's why this whole thing is happening. Yeah. That's my devil's advocate. No, no. But I was saying, like, normally, like, it's all about PR, and they just want to look good. But now I'm realizing, unless they can return the declaration, they got nothing. No, I so, agree. That that's definitely that. I mean, that's how Ian is making this go because he says he's going to give them the declaration of independence. We, of course, don't know. That's not what's going to happen. What's crazy is that, like, I feel like you'd have to go through like 17 kinds of clearance to make this happen. No. They're just like, all right, let's get them out there. Luke, keep them moving. Yeah. So yeah, Ben shows up and he's just like walking around, and there's a couple of the FBI agents we see. He's got an earpiece. And then, like, at one point, like, a, a tour helicopter comes close and, like, it freaks out the FBI and creates a lot of noise. So everyone's kind of chaotic and no one's They're looking at him. And, well, no, there's a guy. They do this weird fake out where this guy, like, pulls something out of his jacket and he zoom on his finger on the trigger. And he pulls the trigger and then it's like a radar gun to, like, block Not out the, the radio tra- radio transmission. And one of the other henchmen goes up. And this is where he gives the tip off where he says, we actually didn't mention this. Um, it's a Thomas Edison quote where it's, like, about his failure light bulb. I didn't fail. I just learned a thousand ways not to make a light bulb, which he said to Riley in the Library of Congress. So he knows that Riley's working with them now. And like, we don't see their full conversation because the helicopter and everything is going on. We're supposed to be confused like the FBI. It's a good scene. A good I am confused until he jumps and hits that water. Yeah, when, because, when he's because in that water, I'm confused why he's doing it. When the helicopter leaves and everything, the FBI is like, what's going on? Why is he heading towards the edge? He tells Sadusky, Sadusky said, said interrogation. He said... Nick Cage said, I don't want to go to prison. He's like, somebody's got to go to prison. And so you get... Door number one, you help us and you go to prison. Door number two, you don't help us and you still go to prison. Like, that's basically his two options. Yes. And he says they're door number three. And he says, that does involve prison. And he says, somebody's got to go to prison, Ben. And so then he goes to the edge of the intrepid and says, hey, guess what, Sadusky? I, do, I found door number three and I'd take it. And then he freaking just jumps into the Hudson. <laughs> My favorite line in the whole fucking movie happens and yes, i know dylan I... will love this line too so he jumps into the hudson and there's a diver at the bottom or whatever to like Give come get in with a little thing. like scooting because yeah. he's a diver we said this three times but there's a diver and there's people in copters obviously the fbi is swarming the whole thing and you hear fucking sandusky go do you have eyes on gates like can you see him and like is he visible and the woman flying the helicopter goes sir it's the hudson nothing yeah, is visible no, and it is a joke not for children but it is hilarious because it is for new disgust. york baby it's for new york and the hudson is disgusting yeah and i love that and joke. so they swim the full length of the hudson they scuba the full length of the hudson pull them out on the other side and the guy's like welcome to new jersey i think that's shaw how far is that that seems insane well they have far. they have the little rocket thing okay that's that's it's pretty underwater. far but also the uss intrepid it's up in hell's kitchen on the far west side so it's literally if you just go across the hudson you hit like hoboken like, it's yes. far but it's not it's really not that far but so he starts like yelling at shaw being like how where's riley where's abigail are they okay like how there's you must have them because that's the only way you can like, the bitch we're running this show yeah abigail's like he's like abigail's calling all the shots now and he's just like ah. yeah your girlfriend's calling all the shots she won't shut up right. this is a weird beat though in the movie where he's like your girlfriend he's like uh and then he's in the car with the guys and they do this weird thing where he's like hey baby yes, it's why bizarre. do they talk to each other like that i get that it's kind of a play on him saying your girlfriend but like they've, they've never spoken to her like that they've never really like been like saying they're dating but also why would why do they need to convince it's almost like they're doing it for the people listening in and it's like why do they need to convince these fucking euro henchmen that they're <laughs> fucking each other and they're like how are you sweetheart how was your day like it's this yeah, weird it, it role is. play it's, it's it's like like well, Abigail's sweet. like into this now she's like you know what I'm just gonna have fun with it's it it's so weird they basically say like we struck a deal with him but we did tell him he's gonna get the yeah, treasure he, he, he says he'll give us the declaration the pipe and, and whatnot. but you have to basically show him where the treasure is and or he you gets to, you the to, treasure you have to tell him where the treasure is and he gets, and he the gets tre- it obviously treasure. They, meet, they meet up at Trinity Church in New York which is on the 
uh, corner of Wall Street and Broadway. Me and Dylan know. Yeah. They like, he gets out of like his Range Rover and talks to Ian and he's like, pipe, freaking They also decoration. do like, what is it called? Chiron, these locations. Like they're going from Budapest to Shanghai. Like it, they, at a certain point, yeah, you're going from New Jersey. I know it's what he's saying. Like, you're from New Jersey to like Trinity Church. Like is a 30 I'm surprised when they didn't, when they pulled him out of the water, didn't say Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> Welcome to New Jersey, New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> I would have liked to seen them on the subway. That would have been great. Same. I want to see them on a, on the path. Yeah, on the from path. Hoboken. Yeah. All right, let's let's can it on the deep <laughs> New York people. So this is now a podcast for four people. <laughs> but so <laughs> uh, national treasured <laughs> fans and New Yorkers. So he he gives him the pipe in the declaration. He's like, "Where's the treasure?" And he's like, "It's here." Bye. And he's like, "That you, pipe has to be worth some money. They can oh, sell yeah, that." Yeah. Yeah. But he's oh, like, "Yeah." Or he could be like the father, father, and just donate it to a museum for free, like a dumbass. <laughs> And so he's like, okay, you got to explain it a little bit more. You know that. And he's like, okay, it said, map said here at the wall. Here, Broadway was originally called Here Street after some guy named Here. They changed it to Broadway. So it means here and Wall Street, here Wall, and had Eternity, Holy Trinity Church. Good luck. It's in the building. Bye. And then he's like, there's more to it. You can't bluff. Also, I had kidnapped Nick a dad. Nick should not have t- played poker with this guy because this keeps biting him right in the it fucking really ass. It really does. But most importantly, he kidnapped his dad. Yeah. His dad is here yeah. now. And so he's like, so you a lazy kidnap, though. John Voight, again, is just like, duck the he's like, hey, it's me. He's poking like, his head out. He's like, it's me again. Remember how I'm on this movie? Wouldn't it have been cooler if I was Christopher Plummer? Never mind. Wouldn't it have been cooler <laughs> if I had like a gun to my head or anything exciting? He's nope, just like in just the back, back of in a the duct tape. Well, because if they put, there'd be no threat if they put the gun to his head because they'd somehow they would up. miss. That's, yeah, they that's would a great miss. point. And so they all go into the church. And like, this is like a weird part where Ben and Ian kind of like get back into the old spirit of being on this hunt together. They seem friendly. Yeah, they, they seem like jazz to be doing this again. But so they unroll the decoration and they finally use the freaking clicky things to change the lenses. And it says Parkinson Lane. And so they're like, why would it tell us to go somewhere else? And it turns out it's a dead guy who's buried at the church. No, they do another cookie thing because there's multiplying things. And it says beneath parking. Excuse me. Yes. And so it's... Uh, it's like I'm the only one who cares about history. Yeah, Luke, let's wake up. So they go into the fucking crypts. There's the, you know, the old timey crypts. They find Parkington Lane. And they, they're like looking at it. This is a great gag. This is a great gag. They're doing their like Nicholas Cage. He's like, like, oh, it's like a 13th level master mason, like by the symbol. Archaeologist. And Shaw just comes in with a crowbar and just like, bam, bam. But also, Nick Cage and Ian are still like against the stone. Like they jump back at the last moment. Like they would have gotten nailed with it. Oh, 100%. But so they freaking exhume this guy's remains because they pull the coffin out and his skeleton falls out. This is where I decided that one of the henchmen was Irish. Because the accent's like, the colonel just skipped him. Like, he's <laughs> insane. As they're crawling through a man's tomb, he's like, I don't skip him. It's like, that's the least of our worries. And they, then the guy goes, he goes, Ian calls him like O'Toole or something. He's like, he's like, O'Toole, Shaw, you stay. If someone like. Not Shaw. Shaw's about to meet okay, a grizzly. Okay, I know, I know. But the other one, he's like, he's like, if you, if anyone comes, this is the. His safeguard. I think it's O'Toole and Phil. I think it's the black yeah, guy. Yeah, okay. So it's the black guy. And they're like, if you, we're all going into this crypt. And if anyone comes out without me, fucking shoot him. Yeah. Which is like how they would, you know, not just kill Ian and abscond. They go into the crypt. They go into the crypt. Nicolas Cage pulls a torch off the wall and just lights it. And this These is the- torches are so sick and cool. Yeah, well, that's, that's why this is what I'm saying. Is that this is like the iconic shot of Nicolas Cage. He's holding the torch. And it's, it's the poster, isn't it's it? It's the poster, yeah, I think yeah. It's, yeah. And as we've been saying, how the romance between him and Abigail is so weird. He just like is behind Abigail and he's just like, you know what needs to happen now? And he just grabs her, pulls her close, and they just kiss. Yeah. Almost entirely out of nowhere. And guys... 
I was into it. Oh, it was beautiful. And the, yeah, and I like the big Irish dude behind him, too. No, that's not the Irish guy. That's the oh. Russian dude. Because he goes, why doesn't this happen oh, to me? Why are these men not all from the same country? <laughs> How is there more countries in this crew than the United Nations? They work because together. Because it's America versus soon. the world, Emma. That's the message. Uh. So they go through this crypt a little bit. And then it empties out into this massive spiral staircase going down made of like rotting ass wood it's beneath the it's subway it's held together with old gum yeah and like and the F train is running there's through no it. way they wouldn't no one would have found out about this for the record yes I literally wrote that down I was like wait when they made all these lines didn't they like come by all of this shit no okay also like here's the thing I get that like there's some urgency because like the FBI is coming but like eh I think I tell doesn't seem too urgent why do they keep going like I would have just maybe doubled back like oh I would have gone and gotten a grappling hook yeah Immediately the, or something. The, the stairs are visibly unsafe. Yeah, and also, so as we were talking about, remember how when they found frozen corpses of people out of like nowhere and it was a weirdly scary tone shift? This legitimately scared me as a child. They're going down the thing and Shaw just takes a step and the stair just oh, falls and he, he falls to his death. Dies. Oh, you mean that scared you when that man just died? Yeah, yeah. No, a that's man so just weird. dies. That's so a weird. man just dies in the most horrifying fashion. You see him screaming and it's like, they do a lot of, I mean, that's a classic way to kill someone in a kids without it being grisly is just seeing the, them fall like, to death. Fall into the void. so yeah. like, you feel the weight of him falling to his death on this He's one. He's like looking and like grasping up at them. It's very scary. Yeah. So they make their way down this thing. It turns into a big action scene as the stairs and elevators and everything start to fall apart. Nicholas, There's like a pull system. Nicholas Cage has to choose between saving this the Declaration of Independence. This is the best. And this is how, oh. this is where you could really and see Abigail. Sophie's choice. Where he's got yes. Abigail hanging on one side of this like platform that's on the other side of the pulley elevator. And he's seeing the Declaration in its hard wooden condom case rolling off the other side. And he knows he's going to have to let her go. Oh yeah, he's like glancing back and forth. What's stupid though is... If the declaration fell, it would be fine. It's made of paper. Like You could have someone just go down and get it. Yeah, you just go and get it later. Just go get it later. And it's in like a hardy tube. Like send, a, a, send, a, be fine. send a diver or whatever. A, a yeah, quiet, it's not like there's a shredder below there that's going to no, destroy no, no, no. it forever. It would be fine. But yeah, he saves the declaration and not her. And then the chief. And swings around a platform, which she lands on. Oh, so, so hard. So hard. And also the idea, like he's you like. You hear ribs crack. He swings around to that and he's like, she's fine. Thank God. But then he's like, you, you thank God for trusting. He's like, do you trust me? And she's like, yeah. He's like, thanks for trusting me whenever I had to say declaration. Like, how did he know that that wood wasn't going to immediately he collapse? Oh, he didn't. Like, the he wood did underneath Shaw five Emma. minutes ago. He didn't, but then she Emma, goes, well, I would treasure. have done the same thing to you. The treasure. I forgot about the treasure. So yeah, they go, they make it through this big action scene, and they land in this tiny little room, and it's just empty, and like, Nicolas Cage like, freaks out. He's like, there's no more clues, there's nothing here. The treasure was here, and it got taken away a long time ago, and Ian just decides that he's lying, and this is all bullshit to like throw them off. And there are like knocked over pots and it has yeah. like the vibe of like something being there that might have been like removed. It kind of works. No, yeah, it works. Like I think Nicolas Cage saw his opportunity and took it and this is, we referenced it before so we should bring it up is that John Voight tells him and is like, once before the, they go down, yeah, he goes, go down he's like, they need is, you now once status quo changes. Yeah, like, yeah. Once they gone. don't need you, yeah, they won't need you. And so Ian's like, "Where? what's the clue? And he's like, there is no clue. It's it's nothing. And so he pulls out a gun and he's like, what's the goddamn clue, Nick? Or Ben? And, and he's like, <laughs> what if that would have been, and he that like, would have been Nick, incredible. <laughs> Nick, it's me, your friend Sean B. Yeah. What the fuck is the clue? <laughs> and so he's like, he won't say because he doesn't have anything. And then John Voight just goes, the lantern. And he's like, what? And he's like, the lantern is around 
reference to Paul Revere's ride, uh, One Final Man, Two of My Sea. I've seen this movie 13 times. No idea what the correct version of it is. I will never remember. Two by Sea, because they came is by Sea. Is it One If By Land, Two If By Sea? One If By Land, Two If By Sea, they came and they by Sea, so okay, it's okay. two lanterns. It's not that hard, Emma. Yeah. Okay. But so they tell him, and then Sean's like... Every time I watch it, I'm like, is it one? So they tell him to go to the church. So they go to the... So, you watch movie. Movie. so we've spent this whole episode talking about how much we love this movie, how many times, and you're every time you get to this part, you're like, that sounds legit. That sounds I'm like, always like, I'm always like, one if by land. Like, yeah. I think they came by land, even though they came from Britain. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so they they take off, and it's like, well, you can't leave us down here. Like, what if there's nice coon? He's like, well, I'll know exactly where to find you. Which implies, I guess, he was just going to leave them to, like, starve, maybe? And rot but, and die. I, I guess. Yeah. So then, like, he's, like, barely out of frame, and they're like, okay, so that was all bullshit. Why did they, <laughs> Why did they not wait? wait? Why did they not wait? Yeah, don't you think, like, yeah, the noise is going to travel, like, pretty well? Yeah, or just the fact that that's a pulley system that moves as slow as a goddamn glacier, and he's like... They literally, like, his boots disappear, and they're like, all right, that's bullshit. First yeah. thing would have done, build an exit <laughs> Anyway, let's find the treasure room. I'm sure it's around here somewhere. Yeah, and he finds, like, a disc or something that he moves with his hand, and it opens up into a treasure room, which I'm, like, 90% sure is the same treasure room they showed in the Knights of the Templar. This uh, was a, the Crusade yeah, it scene. is. It's exactly the same, which makes no sense. But this was a great fake-out. In the history of cinema, this is a good fake-out because you think they're going to Disney moralize that either the treasure doesn't matter. I disagree. I did. I think this fake-out adds nothing to the story because you know he's going to find the treasure. No, I didn't think uh, you so. Absolutely. They're not going to call the movie National Treasure. It'd be all about Nicolas Cage trying to find the National Treasure. I thought treasure. it was going to be like if the treasure existed, but it was just somewhere else, and now we have a sequel, and we got to go find it somewhere else. No, no. Because this movie clearly didn't know it was getting a sequel because they didn't know Helen Mirren was going to play the mom. They didn't know that they were going to have to break up Abigail but they, and they, they do all that moralizing of like we're still going to keep looking for it. and you were right and like John Voight and him reconcile in that moment yeah because they see all these the treasure like, was family the all treasure along. was it was always family and those lemons and the lemon parties I throw with your <laughs> I like this scene a lot like I thank you like yeah mainly because it was more that it was it wasn't like the I didn't think it was necessarily like a big fake out but it has to be a fake out because otherwise how are they gonna get out you just die down there having a lemon party but I think it's also it's a fucking it's a Disney movie they can't have the resolution be just like wealth so it's like the resolution is <laughs> at a certain point just finding it in the journey on the way and the lessons we yeah learned. and Riley's like but I'm then, in and, and Abigail yeah everyone's yeah. like we're gonna still keep fucking each other dead yeah, because like, this I'm is dead proof that fucking. the treasure existed yes but then we're gonna get the cherry on top he finds uh, he finds the logo of an all-seeing eye. Because they, there's a moment, there's a beat where he's like, okay, this sucks. There's no treasure. But still, where's the fucking exit? Yeah. There still should have been an ex- exit shaft. And he finds like the eye and next to it is an imprint in the wall. And he's like, could it really be that symbol? And he takes out the pipe. Secret lies with Charlotte. Yes, Secret lies with Charlotte. Ooh, doesn't lie with her. <laughs> and he puts the pipe. He puts the pipe part in the wall, and then puts the stem and turns it like a handle, and it opens up. Still and, covered in his blood, I can only assume. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> opens up into the real treasure room, and like it's very clearly a lot of like CGI and like background props with spider webs on. I but it really electric. is satisfying to see like. Abigail Chase go like scrolls from the library of Alexandria. And Riley with it, yeah, Riley with his bluish green man with the strange goatee. And then they like take his, he takes his giant ass uh, torch and lights like a gunpowder thing again to create fire all throughout the room. You just see how massive the room is. How and funny then, would it have if he like did that, but everything actually starts to burn instead. <laughs> or and there also, was like, he just lit them all on fire. Yeah. They're yeah. all covered in blue at that point. <laughs> and then like they look at Riley, and Riley's like crying, and she's like, Grant, are you crying? And he's like, no, stairs. I'm crying because there's stairs. <laughs> there's stairs. And so then, like, there's, a like, a priest or something, like, looking at the dead body that has been exhumed in his church, like, what the hell? And then, like, Nicholas Cage just, Do they punch? 
gel through that. Yeah, they have to punch through oh, the yeah. grave. Yeah, fist of steel. Like Chuck Norris punches from this crib. Yeah, and then like freaking the priest is just sat there frozen, and he's like, "Hey, uh, do you have a cell phone I can borrow?" So they call the FBI. Uh, Nicholas Cage hands him the uh, Declaration of Independence, and he's like, "You realize this is like your biggest bargaining chip for not going to jail, right?" And he's like, "The Declaration of Independence is not a bargaining chip." That was a good cage. Belongs much in, better than your dying. Belongs Cooper. in the hands of the people. Uh, get in the cage. And but now that I have the treasure, you can do whatever you want with it. Before it was yes, but all yeah. Speaking of which, I did find the treasure. It's about three miles down below here. And so he's like, okay, what? Like, and he's like, so I have a few things. Number one, credit for the fine goes to me. It really goes to the entire Gates family. Abigail Chase and Mr. Riley Poole. And like uh, Riley like pokes up. He's like, yeah. I <laughs> like that Abigail and Riley get credit. Of course they get credit. They should. Dude, Riley yeah. better as fucking credit. No, I know they should, but. Uh, and then he's like, uh, also, I would really. I have a deep affection for these characters in a way that I do. Oh, yeah, also, always. this is where freaking Sadowski reveals that he was a Mason because he's wearing a Mason ring. He's like, you know, the Masons hid the treasure because they believed only someone. Yeah, he's got the ring on. Because it belonged to the people. No one man could hold it. And so Ben's like, yeah, exactly. We need to distribute it all over the world. It should go to, to museums. To Museums everywhere. Everyone has the has the right to see the treasure. It's all history in one place. And he's like, okay. Also, I really don't want to go to jail. And he's like, somebody's got to go to jail. jail and he's like, well, if you have a helicopter, I might be able to help you out of that. Because let's face it, you've been on my side this entire movie. Yeah. Even though I yeah. did you didn't steal, even really try. I, to I did steal the Declaration of Independence. I've admitted that to you. But I am not going to jail. And I guess you actually could make a case because probably the like security guard could identify them as the people who tased them. So yeah, that guy was chill. That yeah, was yeah chill. that's fine. And so they just you just they see, paid him off. You see, and this is the, like the stupidest scene in the movie. It's like you see Sean me and the crew like trying to break into this church where Paul Revere saw the lantern, and the FBI swarms out of everywhere. And then Nicholas Cage just like steps out of the darkness to stare at Sean oh, being yeah. like, "Gotcha, bitch." And he's like, "To it by scene, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> did and I then, even get it right then? Yeah, two of my C. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And so then it cuts to Abigail and Nick and Riley like walking through a field being like, uh, talking about like, oh, they need us in Alexandria next week for the exhibit. Then he's like, I can't believe you turned down 10%. The ending of this movie is crazy. It's like, like after they, they have the sea chain search, it's, we caught Sean Bean. Guess what? He didn't die in this movie like he does in most mm-hmm. things. And then it's like this random scene of them at this house in this field in front Massive of the house. Massive house. Yeah. And then being like, you could have had 10%, Ben. Like, they were going to cut you in at 10. And he's like, oh, it was too much. I want to know like, what percent he actually took, though. Didn't he get five? Didn't they say? I don't think they said five. Riley, they do Riley, Riley got one percent. No, Riley which says one percent, half of one percent, actually. Half of one percent. Which Bob, But it's still insane. But, yeah, because he hops in a Ferrari yeah. and he's saying it. But then you see a book of secrets that it gets, like, impounded. In his oh, yeah. Program. Riley is in... As much as we all love Riley, he is down on his luck by the time of the sequel. And it really yeah. sucks. They just use that movie to, like, beat up on Riley multiple times where his car gets impounded no one buys his book he writes about the experience he gets a right, ticket from a French, French police yeah, officer yeah, we'll, we'll save that for yeah another app but so like he's like yeah it was too much I didn't take it Riley drives off in his Ferrari oh he's like no he says but you did get the girl and they kiss in the most like pat ending ever and then he drives well, off well they're obviously not sexual but it's a very chaste kiss because the declaration isn't with them I was just about to say that yeah no declaration yeah. be found so but then she's like oh I wrote you a map of this house and then she's like what are you gonna find a lemon party <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like she was drawing a map like to her vagina, to her vagina. right? Like, yeah, to her vagina. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Like clearly like... Exactly where she wanted him to go. Instead of X marking the spot, the G was marking the spot on that <laughs> they particular They didn't need map. no lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> they had all the heat they needed. They don't need no and, blow dryers. And, and, and all the juice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got out of that one really good. I'm taking a sip of water. <laughs> I don't want to hear my brother say the word juice ever again. <laughs> Cut it. This episode's over. So that's National Treasure, folks. It's just a fun, fun masterpiece. It's great. Watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. You deserve it for yourself. Everyone's going through Play this time. movie on my funeral. Just on a loop. I want people to be entertained. <laughs> I know those things are boring. And I want some people, give people what they like. And then at a certain point, your corpse should fall out. And then what's buried with you but a treasure map? I'm holding a barrel. Gunpowder. <laughs> You break it open, a pike. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yeah, we've been talking for long enough. To be real with you guys, we just wanted to do a fun movie while we were all quarantined. I hope you guys are hanging in there all right. Who's to say maybe we'll do Book of Secrets sometime because it is arguably a crazier film, but just as fun of a ride. Um, any last thoughts, Dylan, Emma? I don't know. That That's it for me. Yeah, I'm glad we got to change it up a little bit and, and review uh, an incredible film, to say the least. Yeah, I, I this is the first one where I actually think that we this was snubbed at the Academy. Dil- yeah, let me add, Dylan is a big <laughs> Oscar guy. Dylan, do you think this movie is better than some Oscar-winning films? Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily Best Picture winners, yes. but some movies that have won Oscars. Yes. I mean, Crash was the next year, and it was wasn't that good. So I, I mean, this it could have, I mean, it could have slipped in there. I think this movie has everything you want screenplay? out of a movie. Original yeah. screenplay, like come on. This movie has everything you want out of a movie. It's fun. It's got action and it's romance. got three Oscar this, winners in it too. Yeah, it's got heavy. The husband yeah, it's got and heavy wife hitters. team that wrote this. Fun fact: they, they haven't really done anything else. They did I Spy with Eddie Murphy, which I love that movie as well. But they also did um, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, which is another fantastic, insane movie. Is so that they, the sequel to the first Charlie's mm, Angels? Okay. Um, but yeah, they really skated to one song and one song only, and I respect the hell out of them for that. Hell yeah, I think that'll do it for us. We don't need to go through all the plugs. It's just a fun little bonus app. Um, but Dylan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for going on this national treasure hunt with us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. Or I should say thank you for bringing us because you're our Nick Cage and mm-hmm. I am Riley Poole. I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it, guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. But And remember, treasure is out there. The national kind. I love it, guys. Uh, it's great. All right. Everybody, stay safe out there. Keep your spirits up. Yeah. You, and everybody you, enjoy your lemon parties. Yeah, you, All right. Yeah, bye-bye. you guys keep those lanterns burning. All two of them. All one or two of them, whichever one you feel at that moment. You can't do that. But it has to be done. Then someone who's trained to handle antique documents is going to do it. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, if there is a secret message, it'll probably be marked uh, by a symbol in the upper right-hand corner. That's right. So getting fired for this.
not a map. Is it? More clues. What a surprise. Those latitudes and longitudes? That's why we need the silence do-good letters. That's the key? Get the key in silence, undetected. 